Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. This episode of Mother May I Sleep With Podcast is brought to you in part by the Lifetime Movie Club, the ultimate streaming destination for Lifetime movie lovers. Choose from 100 movies at any time with new movies rotated in weekly to keep things fresh. And you can watch anywhere on your favorite device. As a bonus, listeners of this podcast get an exclusive one-month free trial. Go to LifetimeMovieClub.com slash malls to start your free month now. That's LifetimeMovieClub.com slash M-O-L-L-S. Welcome to Season 3 of Mother May I Sleep With Podcast. I'm your host, Molly McAleer. Simon, did you play a role in Britney's death? Is there an autopsy performed? What kind of drugs was she? Simon, had she been ill at all? Were there prescription medications? Simon, what killed Britney? You did. You all killed her. Did she have a history of a heart condition? What other medication was being taken? Reporting that the 32-year-old actress had stopped... The loss of this seemingly healthy young actress has stunned the iconic coroner said Murphy had collapsed. Toxicology reports could take weeks. Okay, you guys, we have today a guest that we haven't even started this for over an hour since she's been here because we just have so much to say. And a lot of it had to happen off mic, but it's also probably going to happen on mic. You guys, it's someone that I love so much. We met on the internet. We then went to a Miley years Cyrus ago, concert. Years ago, let's not act like it happened like oh, last week. Oh, no, 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 no. We've known it's each other. It's been like 10 years. I hope the audience could tell in the warmth of my voice that I've known you for a I, I feel so fondly about you. You guys, it's Winter Mitchell. Hi, guys. Hi, honey. I'm thrilled to be here. Are you kidding? I'm so we're both smoking cigs. We're both yes. just in it. Okay. And in the vodka. This is Hollywood baby. Now yeah. we are and on a Monday. On a Monday. God damn. A Monday is like a, a Friday in this house. Sure. But like by that I mean I don't won't take the rest of the week off. Fine. But like this is my fun. Or maybe you will. Who cares? This is my fun day. I like it. Um so I had you on to discuss the Britney Murphy story because you and I both worked in celebrity gossip at the time. You worked for a much more prestigious publication than me. You worked for Us Weekly. Us Weekly. And the Britney Murphy death has a lot of just stuff surrounding it. It's a very fascinating death. And this is a fascinating Lifetime movie, which with I took today, I said to myself in the shower, Molly, you can pick one. You can be famous or you can never die. But you can't be famous and die because they will make a really fucking bad Lifetime yep. movie about you. They've yep. done everyone dirty. Britney still alive, wasn't done well. Brittany Murphy, done really dirty. Aaliyah, done very dirty. Whitney, Whitney done, done very dirty. incredibly dirty. So dirty. By the way, do you know Wendy Williams considers that her preferred Whitney, like, accountant? Of all the Whitneys yeah. out there? That she was like, you can go see the new documentary. It'll be okay. I like the Lifetime version, though. And she I was would like, say Wendy, that. Wendy, Wendy. She would say that. But here we are discussing Brittany Murphy. Now, I want to talk to you really quickly before we even get in. Because, like, let's just – the audience, there's certain people who are here for this. T, how do you think she died really? And do you think there was, like, foul play? I'm looking at the movie again. And th- this – you know, I watched it recently as as assigned. And 
I've seen it when it first came out and I, and I, uh, upon rewatch, there's no way for me to see that the foul play was obvious. I feel like it was just a series of horrible missteps. Okay. So I feel like she already had a heart condition. Yes. She was running at a pace occasionally that maybe wasn't sustaining right what she was capable of and she also likely very likely had an eating disorder which the eating disorder i think is something that people don't talk about enough because there wasn't enough verified evidence of it other than photos but i think that was an era where everybody wasn't eaten they were going out that was, was very much the time. That was very much the time. And, and, and we'll talk about it more, but in the movie, they make so many subtle references to it, but it was rough. It was rough for her. And, and it was, well, I'm sure we'll talk about more, but it was rough for her in the era in which she was evolving and she was coming of this sort of celebrity and this famedom that, that I think that she felt like she had to, acquiesce to a certain standard, which looking back now, I can't even believe given where we are in 2018 and how we're so, you know, we're fat positive. We're, we're curve positive. We want big butts. We want big booties. We want darker skin. We want all these things. It's, it, it was actually really uh, shocking and jolting to watch a movie where she was was being held to this aesthetic. That's not really the aesthetic anymore. I would say I first watched it like a year and a half ago or two years ago. And then it was pretty like, I mean, I've always really, really loved and had a special place in my heart for Brittany Murphy. Like I think everyone who grew up underrated and really talented, super talented. And I don't want to be like a cliche, but like I, Came home every single day for two years and rewound my Clueless VHS. I'm going to watch it one to two times every <laughs> single day after school. And like my mom delighted in it. Like she never like tried, like we both loved that movie and loved Brittany Murphy so much. And so just to like kind of look back, especially to see like how she was portrayed when she was quote unquote bigger, which yeah. like, if you look back, she was never like a big girl. She wasn't a big girl. And I think, you know, I'm a little bit older than you, but like when Clueless came out, I was exactly that age where they were in Clueless and I was like 12. Yeah. Yeah. I was 16, 17. And I think that. that she was a standout for a lot of reasons because you needed a character in that movie who wasn't aligned with the status quo. Right. And you wanted her to win and you wanted her to do sort of the off culture things or say the off color remarks that she makes in that movie. And I, you know, Clueless is, is 20 years now that that since that movie yeah. came out so, oh my God, I was probably almost 18. Um, and I think about Clueless a lot recently in the last year, because I think about everybody that came from that movie yeah. and who would have still been positioned as the star. And shockingly, it would have, to me, if Britney had still been here, if she were still here, Britney would have still been like the, the bigger star. And she was. And like she was. for the entirety of her life after this movie, she was working more than Stacey Dash, Breckenmeyer, Elise Silverstone yeah. for sure. Like, I mean, all those people kind of like well, faded they all off. crumbled. They all crumbled under the pressures that she was the most concerned about. Right. And like, you know, looking back to like Elise Silverstone and Stacey Dash, like they were both literal fucking models when they were found for this job. So like Absolutely. anyone who had... I, I hesitate to even call her body normal because it wasn't like it was still Brittany was still on the slender side of she of was still any on sort the slender side. But I keep thinking about when Alicia was chosen to be Batgirl and Bat that Girl. 
that they, they called her fat girl. Like, yep. they, the, like I remember thinking to myself, she's curvy. Yeah. And today she'd be an Instagram model. Yeah. She's voluptuous. She was voluptuous. voluptuous. I mean, maybe honestly a size six and a half at best, which is maybe. still insane. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. It's like, she had it. Alicia had it worse because Rough, she was on a yeah. bigger stage, but Brittany was kind of unassuming and more, I think they positioned her to be much more of a character actress, Yes, but she emerged and evolved from that. You look at all, I went through her IMDb today just to reference. And I was thinking about like, man, she was a very memorable role in a lot of memorable or forgettable movies. Right. You know, like, so there's, it's interesting the the way she treated her, acting career she basically in the film kind of it shows this example but she basically knew that she had to be something she couldn't be an ingenue she She had to be like a meaningful little trinket yes and but then at the same time she wanted to retain the element of you know she was she wanted to be a nymph without having to look the nymph part and she wanted to be an ingenue without having to look the ingenue part and she was trading a lot of things and she made a, a lot of accommodations for what she was being presented by this brutal ass town. And even then she was, even when she made the decision and made the choice to marry that really, by the way, what the fuck? Like this is actually lifetime did us a favor as an audience for the first time in years. Cause they always choose someone that's like a little bit hotter than they should be. Simon Majak in this movie is even like worse than IRL. <laughs> Simon Majak was still impossible. pretty bad. Like it's still, yeah, Simon Majak's pretty bad. By the way, this does oddly mirror, um, Brittany and Adnan, which will come up later on yes. in this, but like it's another guy that. that's like, Except you're a Adnan paparazzi. Would t- Adnan would steal her out of her house. Uh, uh, in the valley and take her to like East LA, which I can talk about that era too, because I was at us weekly. Or I'm we sorry, will okay, definitely yeah. get into that because yeah, I want to talk about the paparazzi era of that. Cause it's just so, it's such a different climate now. And I don't think people like credit enough to, they don't know how bad it was. No, Looking they back, don't. It's actually frightening. It was, I have to say it was like work, like working in gossip at that time was like literally just like having a fucking crack cocaine shot into your veins. Pretty it much. was like, it you was wake up with, on, you wake up high it two was hours into your high your 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 crack base and if you're like an adrenaline junkie like yeah. that was the place to be working oh my it God. was just like every day it was something else so <clears throat> i told you a theory that i was told about britney mm-hmm. shortly after she died mm-hmm. that i don't think could be true like the more i think about it as much as i'm trying to like makes like fetch happen here it, i don't think this is the <laughs> case but like someone did come to me after and was like who i consider like a a solid person. And they were like, what, like, do you think that she died of HIV or AIDS? <laughs> and I was like, why would you ever, like, why would you think that? And they were like, well, she was like, apparently doing H like up until she died. She was like having a lot of anonymous sex. She marries this guy. She dies in a peculiar circumstance of pneumonia. And then the guy dies five months later. Like, and I remember at the time being like, okay, like this is enough to like slightly entertain it, but like probably not. She didn't have enough money to block that. Right. And like, especially in that era, Ed Winter, the, uh, the, uh, what was his name? He was the coroner. The, right. The, the Ed Winter, whom I had you to know talk his to. his name. I love that. I had to talk to him all the time. Yeah. I believe Ed Winter. I believe that he was kind of like, Inter- in, interested in being on camera, yeah. but I also feel like if he knew she had HIV, he was ready to let Harvey know that immediately. Right, and I also believe that Harvey 
plays favorites and probably would have protected that information for a large sum. Sure. So there's, it could be true. It could be not true. There are a lot of rumors around like whether or not her mom was involved. There's also rumors about black molds in the house. I guess apparently according to her father, a large amount of metal was found in her system when she passed away. Um, her father had the toxicology, toxicology reports like cross-referenced by an, like an outside guy. Mm-hmm. And they were able to rule that most of the metal in her system came from her hair, uh, getting her hair dyed, which... I mean, if there's that amount of metal, then like, wouldn't most of us have that, especially in LA? I mean, I get a keratin every three months. Should I be dying soon? Honey, I don't know. But they, <laughs> they, the, they said like the metal was explainable by the hair dye. It wasn't the hair dye that killed her. She was in an era that was, you know, let's even go back to the fact that she lived in Brittany and J- Justin's old house, party house, which has its own ghosts. I mean, that house has seen so many things i couldn't stop but like thinking about one like her and ashton together and how i've never been more annoyed by a guy in a lifetime movie since justin timberlake so number one because ashton was so fu- like he they literally like did him the job Perfect. he probably deserves right perfectly look ashton knows which is why you'd never see ashton now ashton right knows what he was up to what he was he's doing a quirky little weirdo he's a quirky little weirdo yeah. and i think i think that he's also an aquarius yeah so he's also the kind of guy where i know he had feelings for her and i know he felt deeply oh he loved her i think he loved her. yeah oh i don't think that i'm saying like just like the parallel of like these two annoying ass couples lived in this house. Yeah. And then the right. fact that also that like to think back, if things had gone differently, if Wade Robinson wasn't America's sliding doors moment <laughs> and Brittany and Justin had stayed in that house, if it was black mold, can you imagine our prince and princess being taken down by black mold that was in that house? I, there's, there's, listen, there was documentation, right? Of black mold, right? They have I believe the documentation. So, yeah. I mean, like, there's, I was reading a bunch of stuff today. Like, listen, we're not journalists tonight. We're off the clock. Like, this is just some spilling tea. I'm always, but a like, journalist. there was definitely, uh, good for you. Uh, <laughs> good for you and your ethics. Uh, I did not take that oath. And, like, I will say that I do not know for sure, but, like, there's, there's controversial paperwork about everything. Like, Basically, the most the most confirmed thing I could find is that Tyler Henry, Henry teenage medium, thought he was yes. talking to Jamie Presley about her. Like that's like all that's the most probably confirmed what thing. What connection does Jamie Presley have with Brittany Murphy? I don't know, but like she was like, "That's my friend Brittany." Like the second that oh, like yeah. Jamie. So I will say Holly. that like it does seem like a lot of stuff is really up in the air in I'll terms of like. I'll never forget the fact that she announced her pregnancy with a clear blue sponsorship. You know what? God bless. And like, how much was it? Hashtag. I wish it was me. How no, much like, by the way, was it? that's the other thing. Like most of the people who do that are people on the bachelor, but I want to show you one. <laughs> it is true. Like it's like Jamie Presley. And then like, like from the bachelor. Exactly. Right. So I want to show She's you this pregnant, one other thing too, which is that watching this movie, I had some questions about yeah. the rumors around Simon and her mom, mm-hmm. maybe having a thing before or after but i do want to show you this this was sent to me by awe dog hi awe dog i told people that i might be sharing their theories um this was the poster or the picture that simon and her mom took to commemorate britney's loss i saw it i can't even look at it again okay so it's is this is this her and girl interrupted Uh, no but that feels like that era it also feels very sin city era too okay so it's it's Britney with like a black. It, she looks like my hair in nineteen ninety or nineteen uh, two thousand. Uh, it's nine. much more of a she has 90, short, yeah, short 
brunette bob she's wearing smeared she looks like me on a morning in like 2009 <sighs> she has smeared eye makeup red lips that are smeared she's on the floor like clutching her feet holding a cigarette so she looks basically like as bad as a person can look can look in a picture and worse this is the picture Carrie bratch on the cover of new york it's like that but worse yeah, you're right yeah and it's her mom and simon holding this picture up like to be like we miss our girl and that is a really weird editorial choice on now, their- i remember that was announced i remember that that was announced they that photo was used during i feel like an expose so i do think that they were paid to be like that yeah yeah, that, I mean, that sounds about I, right. I, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I think this is much more financial than it is just nefarious. Because her mom sold all of her shit at yeah. auction when she died. Yeah. Her which mom is, wasn't into this. Her mom yeah. just kind of played along and did what she had to do. But I don't think the mom was 100% sold Chris Jenner style right. into the lifestyle that it was. She kind of went along with it because it kept her paid. It kept her up her med- medical bills. But it wasn't like a lifestyle that she could see herself manipulating maneuvering in right. and actually controlling on the behalf of Britney. Right. Right. She's not sophisticated. No. Basically. And no. like, which is actually kind of, a, it was kind of adorable. It was, it was lovely. And I think yeah. this is like a nice segue into this because I think that, I mean, if we're going to really look at it, I think that Britney's mom was always in over her head and like struggled yeah. with like a very like magnetic child. I don't yeah. think she wanted to be riding on the tails of a child star, mm-hmm. but she wound up doing that right. and then didn't know what to do. And I think that Britney's mom's problem Too the whole naive time, she didn't know what world. to do. Exactly. Didn't know what to do. Um, so this is nice because we get to open up on this movie where we, it's really lovely. And um, I want to get into that in a second, but I do quickly want to say first that, Britney does have this classic child star thing where a lot of child stars do this before they fall off the rails, which is like when they go out and they're like, why didn't you fall into the traps of like Hollywood's like party scene? And they're like, I'm a mama's girl. I stay at home. I'm a homebody. What can I say? Like they all say that. Right. Right. And then they like go full binds. Right. Right. That's not a joke about mental illness, by the way. Like I just mean (laughs) like when people like are on one street and then they turn a corner. Right. So, we open up this movie with um, tweets of celebrities mourning their death. And like at the time that she died, social media was still pretty new. Um, Alicia Silverstone says, got very sad news of Brittany Murphy. So sad. Then we go to Paris Hilton tweeting about her. And she says, so sad to hear about Brittany Murphy. Such a tragedy. Sad face. Like colon parentheses. Um, she was Can such I just a- tell you that the, 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 I'm glad you brought this up first. Pre-emoji. It, oh, <laughs> watching old Twitter unfurl oh, I in know. an intro. Like, I was triggered. I triggered the fuck. Yeah, I was out triggered. Yeah, it I was, was like, "Wow, we've come so far, and Twitter has only really made it okay to use emojis in the last five or six years." Especially because or they, people knowing what to do on Twitter. Yeah. No, I mean, like, Alicia Silverstone saying got statement. news about got very sad news of Brittany Murphy. So sad. Like, no one's a publicist would ever let them send that. No. Like, she said sad twice in four words. No, but also just like you would have, everybody now has to say five or six different things, five right. or six different tweets and, and be a little bit more effusive. And, you know, that was Alicia Silverstone. That's basically to me, Alicia Silverstone's tweet was somebody told me that she died. I was like, huh. And then I got on Twitter. That's or- her in real time, real reaction, right? <laughs> that was her. That was her opening up. What did it used to be called? The 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 tweet tweet deck, tweet deck, and going in the tweet deck on her BlackBerry and being like, huh. 
Yeah, that was sad. So wait, should we tell the audience really quickly that you are like a social media manager for celebrities? So you have a unique, you have a unique spin on that yes. where it's that like you really have tracked this. Yes. I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to say like, I don't, here's the deal. I always have to say this because people think that a social media manager is that person online. Right. And it's evolved. The, sure. the world, you know, 10 years ago, yes, that probably would have been me on there tweeting for Elise Silverstone and being kind of weird about it. Because celebs public, didn't want to be on Twitter. They didn't right. want to. I mean, remember when it launched, they just did not want to. I actually wrote one of the first articles about it in tabloids. I wrote for OK Weekly at the time when it launched. And I interviewed Jack about it. Jack and Evan on a call. Never forget that call because they'd never spoken to a tabloid reporter. Really? So they were very much like, well, we don't, we're so accustomed to being like CNBC Forbes type people. Right. We never, we don't know what to say to us. I said, it's not, this is not that hard. This is right. much more, this is like, basically just tell me how many people are, are the biggest, give me the biggest numbers online of your users, celebrity yeah. wise. And let's talk about how You're fun trying Twitter to fluff is. their nutsack. Fluff eh? their nutsack that yeah. day. They were really happy about that. They didn't get any hard questions. They were so, I'm not even going to lie malls. They were not they were like so calm after end of the because when they saw it, I sent it to them. Right. They were like, "Thank you," um, but because they're really just probably standardies. They're like, "What tabloid?" <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, that's what I would do if someone called me from a tab. I'd be like, "A tabloid." Two thousand seven. Right. So we're like oh, two thousand eight. They were like not. They didn't know. All they knew is that OK was the biggest at the time tabloid around the world because it had all these issues all over the all over the world, and they were just excited to be exposed. But I feel like. As a social media manager, it's evolved for me because, you know, my clients are huge and the amount of obligations they have to partners and the amount of obligations they have to their networks or studios, it becomes one of those things. And I'm not naming a business in the meantime. It's a business and I'm not shitting on any studio or network, but you know, they have a job to do and their job is they don't really talk to the talent as much as I do. Right. So I know the talent's voice, intonation, intention. Yes. So I know how to communicate that messaging with, right. By working with my client. And before it was like, I don't know how to open this app or I don't know my password. And now it's social media management has become a much more robust. So like, let's say you had an Alicia Silverstone on your team, which you don't, but like, if you did have her, like, let's say that she got the news that Brittany Murphy died, would she send you a proof of a tweet being like, Hey, this is what I'm going to tweet about this death Um, or there's, I've had a couple of, of notable deaths happen in the last two years. And I want to, I want to say this, this is interesting that I've noticed a change within my clientele is that there was that after 2016, nobody wanted to talk about death anymore. Nobody wanted to notate announce or they just didn't want to highlight the negativity. It scared them. And I think there's a sense of mortality that you have to face when you, because a lot of my clients are a little bit older. Right. Um, and I actually love having older clients because there's a lot more to do with them. And they also have legacy and they're iconic. Yeah. Right? Um, but my younger clients, they feel like they have to respond to every single thing. And I think it's capable to step in and be like, you know, this is a big deal. I'm not saying this person isn't a big deal, but I'm saying, do you have a connection or are you just jumping on bandwagon? Right, 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 right. Because there's also the notion of just jumping on a bandwagon just to be able to say it. Unless this personally affects you, like unless if Brittany Murphy died today, unless like Little Black Book was your 
favorite weekend rainy right. day movie don't there's no reason for you to get involved in here just you know that we've moved past the reportage of of so and so didn't remember how Every, when the Kardashians yeah. wouldn't tweet they would tweet about something else when they because they weren't invited to the Golden Globes, right? There we're, we're past that. That's actually not important. So we need to talk more about what's really facing everybody today. So I, I think that you know my clients are, and I and I've encouraged them, and I've focused them on talking about your life. And if you the the given the news cycle every day is triggered towards Trump. Yeah. You have to find a way to identify and I and and create your own brand outside of having to be responsible for answering to this bullshit every day. Yeah. Because every time they dive into that world, it becomes like a are you gonna follow up? Well are you gonna be consistent? Well are you gonna yell at him about this? Or you're gonna have a bunch of people that are gonna be like, fuck you, I don't want to hear your opinion about this. Yeah. So it's a it's it's it it's a catch 22 either way you cut it. So I'm really focused in 2018. And I stated the case from the beginning of the year with all of my clients, we're focusing on you as an artist, as a brand, as an individual with a life. Right. And not focusing on all this other stuff because we've been through a year. 2017 was the year of just letting him spout craziness and, and, and right and getting the alt right and left uh, riled up that's old and dated to me. I'm actually in my mind, I'm already thinking about 2019. Well, I'm going to skip me as an artist right now and not read <laughs> Lindsay Lohan's tweet because if you want to, you have to watch she the movie. If you want to find out, we have to, we have to watch the movie. You want to find them. We'll go to Ashton's tweet that says two number two day lost the world's a little piece of sunshine. My deepest condolences go out to number two, Brittany's family, her husband and her amazing mom, Sharon. So we see tons of headlines are hitting the screen. Right. Um, and, Simon Monjack in the very first moment yeah. of the screen, uh, or the movie screamed at the screen. It was you, you killed her. All of you killed her to like the paparazzi. Okay, great. So we see the Brittany Murphy story and it's a press conference outside of Brittany's home. So Brittany's mom starts to deliver the speech. It says from the day of her birth, Brittany was my precious angel. There's never been anyone or anything that means more to me in this universe. I raised her alone. We didn't always have a lot at first. We'll never finish this speech, but this is where we transitioned to her growing up in New Jersey. So let's go there. Hey, Ma. So, what happened is you you filled out a raffle ticket. Yeah, and hello. Huh? Hope your day's been going better than mine. It was okay. Ready to go? Can't you just take one day off, baby, please? Ma, no, please, please. I cannot get away. Not until I make at least one of these appointments. I have to. Oh, okay. Well, let's see what we can do about that. Oh. <laughs> uh, Alyssa. Alyssa Cooper. Hmm. No one over the age of 20, maybe 25, is named Alyssa. I mean, she's a young bride. Yeah? Mm-hmm. What? Rich. <laughs> Hi, Alyssa. My name is Sharon. Sharon Murphy. No, no, you don't, but you are not going to believe this. You remember that card that you filled out at the bridal show last week? Yeah, well, congratulations. (laughs) Done. Hey. You are really something. (laughs) What would I do without you? You would sell a lot less china, Crystal, and... What is it? A cookware! (laughs) Can we go now? Yes. (laughs) 
So her mom was a telemarketer. I've done jobs like that. Not that, but like raising funds for my school. It is hard to cold call people, but that is a fucking hustle, dude. I'm just trying to correlate when I watched this scene uh, what the relationship truly was between Sharon and Brittany. Who was mom? Because like my mom was like a single mom like Sharon, but she was a housekeeper. So like she like worked. Like if my mom was at home like playing on the phone all day, like trying to hustle people in that way. What are you doing? I mean, I just wouldn't expect anything from my life. Like, I definitely wouldn't have a Hollywood dream. I'll tell you that much. Like, my mom... And like, she wasn't even really that supportive of her, if you look, Right. Like, you know? her mom definitely, like, wanted her to be a kid. But I also think Sharon, if I'm looking back on this and, like, I'm taking all this into account, because what we will see is that Brittany's at an audition or at a play practice, like, some sort of community theater thing. I think she went to a school for performing arts. Like, I just don't think Sharon thought that big like no. i don't think she dreamed what was possible no. the way that britney kind of just always inherently had no. this feeling that she was going to be this bigger thing i don't think she saw much in life up to that point exactly like which unfortunately i think is the thing with like a lot of single moms is the moms they get their like lives and dreams cut off early so what's the difference between sharon murphy and lebron james's mom if i had to guess it was that he was a boy there like play. if i had to guess i would Point say it's because malls. like he goes out and he plays basketball like okay my son's playing basketball that's palpable but like your daughter being an actress like you might not know she's capable of that till someone comes up and says hey i want to give your daughter a job because you as a single mom have never had anyone come up to you and say hey you're worthy of something yeah. here's a job here's yeah. this and like by the way like i don't even say that in like a clever way like that just hit me too like yeah. where i was like honestly the difference is because like i had a single mom too like she taught me to stay like you know she you know very much educated very much all this stuff like she put like my whole life was getting into college before i got into right. college because that was the you're from massachusetts like harvard right down the road like that's right exactly what the made the most sense it but was like, a logical conclusion it was definitely like molly's a crazy dream cheese tracer trace chaser when i came out here my yeah. mom is like very beautiful has a lot, lot of ambitions very artistic but like i don't think that and i always say this for myself i did not know till i was out here for eight years that i could even be a tv writer like i didn't know to dream that realistically because i didn't think it was for me i didn't think that it applied to me so i will say that i'm not surprised by your entire trajectory Thank you. You're welcome. I guess. I, I mean, like, I should be more successful. I haven't. I sh- I could have done more of my. Oh, years. I didn't mean. I meant that's like, me. <laughs> that's just me being me. No, that's just you being you. I'm saying that I'm not surprised by your entire tra- trajectory because I think it makes complete sense and it's a complete Hollywood story, which we don't have many Hollywood stories anymore. You know, I would love to hear about more stories about Winona Ryder dropping off her belongings that Jen- Johnny Depp gave to her. I would at love to the hear crossroads in the valley. That's and my that's shit. one of the re- one of five reasons I moved down to Los Angeles. I'll reveal the rest as we go through this podcast. We'll get there. Yeah, we'll get there. So where we are right now is that Sharon, her mom, is talking to another girl's mom at this like, I don't know what it is. They're like doing some playhouse thing. And I, they're like, they're dressed like pirates or George Washington. I can't decide what they're doing. Um, but this guy in his 20s is just like watching in the back of the room. And her best friend Morgan, who I only mention her because she does come back a f- more times than I thought she would, um, is very pretty and actressy. And her mom says that Morgan wants to go into the city and 
audition for soap operas. And Britney's mom's like, no, just let them have fun. They're kids. Which goes to show, I think, what I was kind of saying, where she didn't really have a business mind for what she's doing. Because she's no Chris Jenner. If you're going to have your kid in, like, all, like, an acting school and, like, going to all these different things, like, you probably are trying to market them. Like, right. at least get something out of your investment, right? right? So this man in his 20s, which, by the way, no one thought was weird. And so, like, why is this man in his 20s watching our teenage daughters, like, Looking perform. like he's four years ahead of time, by the way. He comes up and he's like, hey, I do commercial auditions in the city. Like, I really want your daughter to come in for this commercial. And Brittany's like, I'll do it. And then her mom's like, go away. So her mom turns to him and it's like, usually people come up for Morgan, not her. Which I thought was like, okay, high key shady. Like, maybe just <laughs> accept your daughter's like a character actress. Like, you don't need to be like, why is she not like my, you know, her skinny blonde ingenue friend? Um, and he's like, no, 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 no. Like, we can get a pretty actress. Like, we need someone that's good like her. So Brittany winds up booking not just this commercial, but a ton of commercials. I would love to see the commercials. I know. Me too. Because apparently... You know pizza was one of them. We see a little title card come out. This is six months later. So we know that in this time, when we cut to it, Brittany's in her like very 90s room where there's like that acting mask on the corner, like the like the drama faces. Yeah, comedy drama. And she's wearing her uh, little like t-shirt under a floral dress with a vest over it very blossom and her mom's like i can't write you another note for school like you can't keep missing school she's like well i am going to because i'm an actress now and we should move to la and i was like pretty what are you thinking of like we couldn't do this and for the amount of commercials that they were describing her getting i was surprised that they were both still in the living situation they were in and also delightfully like you know surprised that was by the mom it. though the mom was like let's save this checks i hoped like that's what i hoped i was like if you they know, had been moving on up and they were in a nicer per- place well you know her mom is reasonable she's jersey yeah she's like well, they were just spend everything three commercials in a day i guess at one point which is crazy crazy i don't know anybody now today who does that right so that made me wonder like what the income was. And I do, the next thing we'll see is I do have another income question coming right. up, but right. like, <laughs> I was like, kind of like, okay, what, are, what are they making here realistically that they feel like they can, as we'll see in a minute, move to LA, but also haven't moved up their station in life. But also she's doing so well that this is a viable dream now. So, um, we all of a sudden hear, uh, NKOTB step by step. A by true the way, banger. I, I want to say something about that. Step by Step is a underrated single from New Kids on the Block. It's so good. I'm from Boston, so you know I, I'm an NKOTB girl, and and, and and I was too. Yeah, having been from San Francisco at the time, and <clears throat> by the time they were falling off, which is right when Step by Step came out, right? Um, I was a huge proponent for that single, and it did okay. It yeah, did, it did fine. But it wasn't, it was basically the beginning of the end for them. Yeah. And so to play, I that felt was like their second album, right? That was their second album. And I just felt like it might've been their third, but I just felt like that song wasn't played long enough in this montage. I agree. And it was, I will say for a lifestyle movie, they got two songs in this movie. They got lifestyles of the rich and famous yeah. from good Charlotte. And they got yeah. this, which is 100% more songs than you ever get. I mean, in a that lifetime was probably movie. a third of their budget. Totally. Totally. And like this, I thought this was a great choice. Yeah. I was surprised because I didn't, it really dated it. Yes. But I brought, was like, it kept me into it, even though I kept being dragged out. The only thing that dragged me out was to be like, Oh, was Brittany Murphy like trying to make it happen when this song came out? Cause to me, I always remember them as being like very 1989, and this was like the early 90s. But Britney, this is like this goes back to who Britney was. She wasn't out and about 
like on the scene, like a gangster lean. Did I say that right? I said it wrong. Maybe. I'm older. Um, <laughs> she was on the scene like a gangster lean. Anyway, I'm not going to try that again. Um, she was definitely a girl who was like, you know, this is what I listened to back then. This is what I was interested interested in back then. They used a song that kind of felt like that era. Yeah. It definitely felt, felt the era. They were that. punching us back to that era with that song. They, they were trying to, to say keep us in the moment because they, I will say this movie took liberties on time lapsing. Yeah, that's what I'm saying is yeah. that they were trying to put us on a time track with this song. And for me, but they were playing around with the time track to the, the yeah. time changing and the lapsing. So, so this was, you know, it felt very 90210 for them to get out there. And, you know, I, I'm sure season one, 90210, they talked about Nukas on the Block in a very major way. I'm sure they were a central part of an episode. They showed up on an episode, right? Or am I wrong? I'm probably They wrong. were hotties. I will tell you this, though. So Brittany and her mom ate at a diner, and I wanted to know that we're going to cut to that. And, like, they're in L.A., and they're struggling. They've I feel had, like it was Cafe they've had 101 Franklin. So I was going to say, I didn't know what diner this was. I was wondering the whole time, because I was like, it, like, it was run down it looked so run down like to say it looked run down is like an understatement i was like is this dupars is this swingers like what is this supposed to be probably cafe 101 you're right so this is the diner this diner is like there is there like it won't be can i just say something yeah it won't be swingers because swingers is too cool yeah yeah. So it was definitely like Cafe 101. No, it was Cafe 101 or I was thinking maybe like a Dupars in the Valley. Sure, fine. Right? Sure, fine. Yeah, well, no. I mean like I would love it if or it was – Or a big boy. Okay. So they were at this diner and this diner is like a central location. That's the only reason why we highlight it so much. And this diner is like the place they go every year when Brittany has her one-year anniversary. But right now they're at the six-month mark and Brittany's like – her mom's like, it's probably time to go home. But Brittany's like, you know what? No. I just saw an advertisement. It's for Brittany Mur- – it's for Murphy Brown. Brittany Murphy, what are the odds? So she books the job. She winds up on the job. Then they go home. They're watching it, you know, whatever, TV magic. It's actually like six months later. And she's like, you know what? Between this and my part on Drexel's class, I'm killing it. So starring the amazing and the brilliant Dabney Coleman. Yes. So she's killing it on Drexel's class as a regular. She's also killing it uh, on Murphy Brown with a one line. And she decides to buy herself. She's on her cell phone, which is a bold move for the time, uh, on her cell phone. And she says to her friend Morgan back home, she's like, hey, you got to come visit. She's like, I just bought a house in Sherman Oaks. And I wrote here, like, this does not seem like a good financial move. Like, I don't know how she thought she was going to be able to afford a mortgage. in Sherman Oaks. Let's just talk about it. The house in Sherman Oaks in that era... Go, first of all, Sherman Oaks is still to this day semi luxury for it. Oh, I think of Sherman Oaks is like so fucking nice. Like, I'm like, oh yeah. my God, I love my friends at Sherman Oaks. I mean, let's not forget, George Clooney still has a house in Studio City. Right. I could never get a boy like that. Or, I could never get a boy like that. Which one? Which one's better? Oh, I don't know, sweetie. They're both great. We're totally not helping me out here. Okay, I only get one shot. Brit, you're putting way too much pressure on yourself, okay? I mean, if you don't get this role, you'll go back to Sister Sister, and and you might even get your own TV show. You have options now. Sitcoms are really fun and all, but if I got clueless... If you got clueless, what? The world would open up to you. Everyone would love you. You'd be famous. What is this really all about? 
telling you, Cher, it is all I can do to talk to any of you guys. I, I, I could never get a point. Thank you. Uh, I have two more speeches prepared. We've heard enough. Thank you. I could play it straight, uh, more heartfelt, earnest. Oh, that won't be necessary. Murphy residence. Yes, she's... Uh, hold on, okay? One second. Agent. Hey, Rick. Brittany, I just talked to the producers. They loved you. What? Guess what? You got the part. Are you kidding me? No, I'm not kidding you. You got the part, kid. No, that is so awesome. We'll call you on Monday with all the details. <laughs> okay, 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 we'll talk Monday. Thank you. Oh, what? I freaking got it. Clueless, I'm going to be in a real movie, Mom. <laughs> okay, okay, hey, 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 calm down, calm down. Remember your heart. <sighs> My baby girl's going to be a movie star. <laughs> so we're at the Warner Brothers lot, right? Is that what that is? Yeah, that is definitely the, that WB right there, Warner Brothers. It's January 1995, and we're watching the makeover scene get filmed, which I have to say, as a clueless lover, was like pretty iconic to see get reenacted. Absolutely. It was in the trailer. They had Cher and, uh, and Dion in their original outfits. At least Silverstone was in that like iconic maroon dress. Mm-hmm. And um, wild choice for the actress who played Amy Heckerling, by the way. <laughs> did you notice that? <laughs> I did. She just looked like a stay-at-home mom that was like fucking killing it like i need to see it because it totally right okay i know what and when you say amy heckerling i'm thinking of a specific vision image well she's and i would have noticed like it's very difficult to believe that the woman who also played miss geist was also the director of this movie under these circumstances about clueless right and hate about Lifetime. No, totally. And like a Lifetime, how do you like, do something so obvious so wrong? They had a they had one line to give away, and it was like this one. God forbid they put looks. Wallace Shawn in this. Right. <laughs> right. God forbid Wallace Shawn, babe. Um, so okay, so it seems like Stacy and Alicia from right, they're being cool to her. They're right. being very cold. You know, um, that, publicly. And so there's two crew members talking and this, she iconically overhears us. And one guy says to her, says to the other, yeah, it's a makeover scene, but it's going to take a hell of a lot of makeup for that chunky monkey to look halfway decent. She overhears this and it fucking Red destroys herring. her. Yeah. Destroys her. And of course, like she runs into her mom a moment later and she and her mom have that whole like, no, you're my baby. You're beautiful. And she's like, that's not why I'm here. And they're like, you know, right. whatever. Brittany's going to be fine, but is she? So then we cut to Morgan a little bit time later coming to set. She immediately introduces Morgan to Alicia and Alicia's like, I like your dress. You should come and hang out tonight at the after party. And Brittany's like, you can go Morgan, but I have to go to my dance class. And Morgan, first of all, I love that she thinks that Morgan's going to go to like the cast party without her. But, um, Morgan's like, you're still taking dance. And she's like, I have to, I have to try. Like, I'm not like you. And it was like rough, but I respected, I respected it too. I mean, it's the truth, but I was also like, damn, you never like say it that way. Like, but also God bless. But I feel like she had to, I feel like in this era, we're talking about what is this year? 
It's like 2000. It's 19. Oh God. It's 95. 95. Okay. So we're talking about an era where I don't think anybody had an identity and they were just conforming to what post supermodel curvy supermodel was. We were, you have to remember 93, 92, 93, 94, 95. We're talking about waif. Right. So this was, we were just getting out of an waif era where you cannot be, being a waif is a little bit, it's questionable. It's questionable. And she was not even like chunky as far as the world's right. considered. She's just up against two models or right. like the leads. Right. And, and, and to be honest, they're not models. They're both five, about five, 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 right. six. And those girls were, you know, beautiful for what they needed to be for the specific role. It just so happens that that role and that movie and the narrative and given the era, it, right. was, it was the hit at the perfect time and it was iconic. That and was it a, was like a fashion movie. Like it, it was, was about what movie. you could fit into. Like to and this day. technology. Yeah. Think yeah. about the technology of Clueless. Totally. The fact that she can pick, she can put, itemize everything in her closet right. and then be able to create an outfit on her computer. By the way, at that point, most people didn't have computers in their homes. Totally. So the ability that you can have a motorized closet and a computer that would tell you what to wear. It was everything. It was everything. It was everything. It was everything. So right now we're going to go to Brittany's mom telling her she has cancer, probably in Runyon Park. Um, and then this, we're going to... Runyon Park? Uh, I think so. Runyon Canyon. <laughs> Runyon Canyon. Sorry. And then we're no, going to... No, Runyon Canyon. It, it just... I, I'm a snob, so it's... Uh, no, I mean, like, honestly, I spent a lot of time wondering myself what this was supposed to be. Like, is this by the Hollywood sign? This is obviously some The fact that they couldn't get rights to go up to Runyon Canyon and film, like, a short, heartfelt scene is, again, the testament to... But it's also Brill that of, of the era, they were like, you have to have them hiking. Like, this was very much, like, peak <laughs> LA, like, are you hiking or are you not hiking? Right. Like, time. Right. Um, and then from here, we're also going to go to our first red carpet. So let's play this out and enjoy it. Yeah. You okay? What's going on with you? I've been just thinking about where all the time goes. Just thinking about time, huh? No. <laughs> Come on, <laughs> I know you. What's wrong? You do. I, you know, there is something I want to talk to you about. Okay. I've been waiting for the right time, but <laughs> never is one, really. So, last week, I had a doctor's appointment, and they found a lump. But it's not a big deal, because they're, you know, they caught it early enough. It's not cancer. <laughs> oh, my God. What? Look, I'm, oh I'm going I'm to take care of everything. No, I, I need to take care of you, okay? You are all I have. I gotta quit my movie. No. Yeah. No, that's just ridiculous. I need to be there, okay? No, what you need is to follow your dreams, sweetie, please. What is the point? If I don't have you to share it with, huh? I'm right here. It's gonna be all right. Okay. I just wanna stay with you. It is my last day of work, and today is your last treatment. <laughs> <laughs> so, <clears throat> tomorrow, everything will go back to normal.
Over here. I can't see you. Well, I see you. I need you to strut that carpet like you own it. Because you do. Yes. All right. <laughs> Brittany, just remember, everyone here wishes they were you. And <laughs> tell us, who are you? I'm Brittany. Brittany Murphy. No, no. Who are you? I'm Brittany Murphy. Okay, I can't even tell you guys like what I'm seeing, so you just have to watch the movie because it's like her I can't. outfit is exactly what TLC wore in the creep I was, video. Thank you. I was gonna say she's wearing like a satin. Like I didn't want to like go too like on the nose. It's a it's the TLC creep video. It's a TLC, right? it's but just in a cream, white but satin. in a white cream. Yeah, like angelic, which takes the cool out of it because the whole coolest part of the scene. No, uh, the but, it, it, the but TLC goes, music video was that she had like uh they were hot like pink and blue and like yes, sexy honey, colors. But those were girls from Atlanta who was down for whatever. That's what I'm saying is that this dork brought up a white <laughs> one and it's just like. <laughs> This She's is not like, cool. That's not me, and that's what I loved about her is that she was oh. like, "I'm gonna only go as far as you're gonna let, as, as I can take it." I just wanted her to stick to a, a fun cotton top. Sure, she wasn't going there. She got that scoop neck from Gap. Yeah, because I had the same one. Yeah, her mama had the same one. Yeah, she definitely. This was pre-stylist right. everything. Right, right. So I just wrote here in my notes: if you ever meet anyone this way, they're gonna fucking kill you. Because <laughs> like this is the reality. Anytime someone's too hype on you for no reason, they're going to kill you. They're gonna kill you. But at the same time. You know, Paps didn't talk to people like that unless like they want. No, but they want one thing, and there's a few Paps that I still see because it's interesting now that I've transitioned from being behind the rope to working with people that are in front of the rope and kind of hiding in the background. Right. You see the same photographers when you go to these events. Yeah. And they have a way to get the, the photos that they want, and that's feeling like you can generate a relationship with the, t- with the talent, the artist, the celebrity yeah. that when they see you, they're comfortable and that your work is so good that they're like, okay, this person loves me, gets, is, it. gets it. Not like I want to be friends with them. I'm not going to take them out to lunch, but this person, obviously with whomever agency gets I'll give it, them what they need. I'll give them what they need. Cause they're going to do right by me. Right. And when you're in a world that you're entirely judged by your aesthetic and like back then, Yes, you were on the red carpet. There was a step and repeat. It was awkwardly placed. Things were weird. Publicists and execs are milling about in the background. Execs get to bring their kids and get on the right. red carpet. That doesn't happen anymore. Right. So, so like there was a much looser culture back then there than there is now. So I think you know being famous was interesting and not like a cross to bear. Like no, ex- I don't it was think a execs would bring was, like their kids on the way now because right. it's like I don't want my kid in front of those fucking people. Absolutely, because they all got too they sucked on the teat too friendly too friendly and sucked on the teat so much that they got punch drunk so we see britney again hiking with her mom her phone rings it's jackie uh we never really get the introduction of jackie versus old the other guy who was managing shit at the time oh wait you know what i fucking skipped a beat i'm so sorry i'm so sorry there was a guy wait so Brittany now has a short black blob. Black Bob. We are in 2001. She's eating with a friend at the Ivy type looking place. And it's it's Jackie. And she tells Jackie, I want to play Janis Joplin in this upcoming movie. And Jackie's like, uh, I pitched you the director. You're not right. And she's like, why? I'm too young. She's like, yeah. And Brittany's like, come on. I really want to do it. I really want to do it. She's like, you're not waifish enough. So Brittany knows she has to lose some weight. So Brittany winds up going to her hair guy and having her like trick her out with the blonde Hollywood Michelle Williams and uh 
come on, what's that movie that I love with the heartbreaking and the Ryan Gosling? Uh, what is that movie called? Blue Valentine. She has that blue Valentine, like Hollywood hair. What era was this supposed to be? 2001. So where was she? Did somebody have an IMDb up of her? Cause I just want to see like what she was working with. Um, career-wise in the 2000s. Well, we find out that, like, early Simon, because he runs into her at this next party, we're going to play the clip. Simon is the war- is the biggest supervillain in any celebrity TV movie. I just want everybody to know that. Simon Monjack is a complete creep. And he is 100% complicit in whatever happened that led to her leaving this earth. Well, now you're owning it. Now, Well, now you've said it, Camille Grammer. Okay, so you're... <laughs> Uh, um, do you have it? I'm I'm fighting her as a cinematographer. Do you have it, Sammy? Yeah. This is some bullshit that I don't like about. Th- I'm a, there's going to be about three or four parts of this movie where I'm mad at it. Okay. The first thing is that between '99 and 2000, she did like eight movies. She, no, she did D- Drop Dead Gorgeous, which is a cult classic. classic. Okay, it's its own meme. Yeah. And then she did Girl Interrupted, which was about a year and a half, up to 18 months of Oscar campaigning and basic dead-ass drama. Yep. Gwyneth and um, um, Winona... But she wanted to be a lead. She wanted to be a lead. She wanted to be a lead, but yet, I don't think this is her. I think this is, again, it goes back to her not being empowered right. by anyone around her. Well, you, Jackie tells her, if you want to play Janis Joplin, you want to you leave, gotta you gotta be lose money. Yeah, you gotta lose if her mom is like, I could go back to Jersey any day of the week. Yeah. You don't have anybody who's really around her reinforcing. Drop Dead Gorgeous is a cult classic. She was in Trixie, another cult classic. Yeah. Girl Interrupted had, I'm telling you, there was about 18 months of promotion and press. Well, you know who you're starting to sound movie. an awful lot like? Simon Monjack. So let's play the scene <laughs> where Simon Monjack and Brittany Murphy come face to face to the fir- for the first time for uh, as far as Brittany's concerned. She doesn't realize that she has this okay. past with this man who is hideous, by the way. Sorry, uh, do you mind? <laughs> no, I don't, but uh, I'm thinking that Jackie might be a little disappointed if she's got nothing but a truckload of Janice pictures. <sighs> Right, uh, sorry, I'm, I'm not usually the creepy stalker type. Mm. I, it's just I'm, I'm such a huge, huge fan. Of Janis Joplin? Of Brittany Murphy. Oh, really? <laughs> Seriously. Uh, Cherry Falls, Trixie, uh, Prophecy 2, you were terrifically miscast in all of them. <laughs> Excuse me? No, no, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's just, uh, I thought if I was honest about your not so good work you'd believe me when i said how remarkable everything else you've done has been are you actually for real <laughs> um oh is it yes. oh, uh, okay wow um i i can't believe i'm talking to britney freaking murphy <laughs> i pulled strings to get this gig uh you know to be amongst the movers and shakers wow what are you doing wasting your time with me? You should probably go move and shake. Right, yes. I uh I suppose I should snap a few photos of the rest of the party. Alright. Hey! What's your name? 
Oh, I'm sorry. Um, Simon. Simon Monjack. Stop apologizing, Simon Monjack. Right. <laughs> sorry. Um, did it again. Uh, <laughs> nice to meet you. <laughs> You're healthy now, remember? And the Simon Monjack from this movie is 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 a jewel. Lifetime did is, a man dirty and the audience a favor for once in their life because they never ever ever cast like an appropriately unattractive guy ever. Like it's like Rob Lowe in the role of like the five hundred pound. Literally cop. a genetic replicant of Ashton Kutcher to be Ashton Kutcher. He, he fucking nailed it. He looks so much like Ashton Kutcher. He might look more like Ashton Kutcher than, than Ashton, Ashton Kutcher. Kutcher. No, I don't think anyone has ever been <laughs> so did, seen. They threw Simon Monjack into like a remnant runoff version, genetic version of like Monty Python if they all put their semen into one bowl and then inseminated it into someone and said, come out. Okay. Well, that's the, re- that's the realest thing that's ever been said on here. But I will tell you this. Is that like what they... Okay, so they did Ashton. They did Ashton no favors in the writing. And I actually found this... this <laughs> but guess what? Did they? I thought Ashton... Did they I felt they did him no favors. No. like, And I felt, but, and I felt that Ashton, this actor, made him come off like... I was like... Ashton probably was the best thing that ever happened to her. Yeah. And then, like, when I saw Simon in this movie, I was like, wow, if they had to cast a slightly less ugly actor, I probably wouldn't think he murdered her. Let me... (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, I'd be like, oh, there's room. There's wiggle room there. Like, now that I see it, I'm like, oh, no, he's a fucking crook and an evil man. Like, you totally brainwashed her. He brainwashed her. He brainwashed her. Yeah. I'm thinking about Ashton... Back to Ashton, because look, Ashton's an Aquarius and so am I. Yeah. But like Ashton, the thing, the one thing that I'm ready for Ashton Kutcher to do today in America is to step in front of his truth. And I want him to talk about what life was like between that moment when they, she jumps into his arms yeah. and just married promos shots yeah. to today. I wonder if I heard it was like when fucking, Demi Moore smoked bath salts, bath was, salts and got like the, you remember when she smoked bath salts and I'm a one game? Right, 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 right. I mean, they were divorced then, but I'm like, who? To be more right. Do you remember she smoked like su- like a strange substance? And oh, it was, that's like, this spa- was like during spice with, or with Zac Efron. You're going back into like my tabloid era. She but- was with Zac Efron as well. Oops. Oops. <laughs> Tad Casablancas, are you on the line? No. Um, <laughs> but let's go to back where we are. This it's movie. reported. I'm not telling you anything that hasn't been reported. Okay. We go back to here. Brittany's hiking yet again with her mom. She gets a call from Jackie. The Janis Joplin project is not moving forward, but that director is casting her with Michael Douglas. Cut to a montage of her being on the Red I'll Never Tell. What's that? Uh, Don't Say a Word. Don't Say a Word. And then uh, Eight Mile Red Carpet. She's talking about Eminem. Supposedly, they had a fling. They did. Um, And then Britney and her mom pull up to a big house, and she's like, do you like this place? This is where Justin Timberlake and Britney Spears live. So she tells her mom that she just bought the house. Her mom's like, oh, like, are we having tea with Brittany and Justin? She's like, no, I bought this place and you're going to move in here with me. And her mom's clearly trying to do like the fadeaway where she's like, well, you're on your own now. Like, you know, Brittany's like, if I, if you don't move in with me, I'm not going to move in here. So her mom's like, of course I will. I'm Sharon. I don't like have any boundaries. Like my whole life has been for you, whatever. <laughs> no, but like she doesn't have, she doesn't have the boundaries. Sharon is more than willing to take a step back. You're right. Well, I mean, like Brittany like doesn't know how to survive. Mom. She's yes. like, I don't need to be over there with them. Yeah. I'm good. Oh, I love I'm Megan good. Markle's mom. 
she really doesn't have time for it. She's yeah. not interested. She's not interested. I love that about Megan Markle's I love mom. that about her. She's bored by it. It's actually an inconvenience, probably. Yeah. 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 She's you like, know? I didn't plan this for my life. No. She's you know like, what? I, I was trying want, to do yoga. She's mad as fuck that they keep showing her daddy on TV. Right. they're looking at her like, what was you doing? Right. This is what I'm going back to. This goes back to being a black woman. If you're going to go there... And sucking all of that, what is current now, dealing yeah. with interracial relationships and be, being a partner with somebody who... The last thing she needs is her dad as a representation. No, the last thing you need is some drunk ass bad dad who be eating McDonald's and Taco Bell switching off in Mexico at the border town, getting on TV and being like, she don't talk to me. Right. You're like, I'm thinking to them, they're being like, why are you talking? And that sister. And the sister. Anyway, we derailed. So, um, <laughs> so we're going to, uh, go forward and Brittany's now like living in this house, right? She's loving it. And then all of a sudden Morgan, her BFF is over. Let's play this scene where Morgan's visiting. What about this one? Huh. I'm not sure that's your color. But you can still try it. Brittany, you're gorgeous. You are. (laughs) Oh my god, I so want your life. Hey guys, how are you today? It's Simon, right? Uh, right. Come in here, come say hi. Uh, Oh, right. Um, (laughs) Excuse me. Well, hello there. Hey. Um, Guys, can you give us a minute? Lucky man. Thanks. Uh, you know, uh, those lads, they're not your friends. I know that because they're mine. Well, I'm nice to you guys, so you'll be nice to me. Right. <laughs> what you call a co-parasitic relationship. But, uh, never mind that. I, I honestly can't believe that you remembered me. You were quite memorable. Well, uh, for the record... You look absolutely gorgeous. Oh, <laughs> come on. Whatever happened to that brutal honesty thing at your time? <laughs> All right. If I'm being completely honest, I don't think that you need to remake yourself. You're so much more than blonde hair and eyelashes. I'm not quite sure how to take that. This is how I get noticed. But that's just it. Don't you see? I... I think that you, you shine, Brittany. You've you've nothing to prove. Really good to see you, Evan. Likewise. But, um, Brittany, I'm, I'm serious about those fellas out there. They're not all charming like me. They love to build you up now, but when they turn, and trust me, they will turn. They'll do it with a vengeance. I love that in real life. I hate how like in often in movies they're like, oh, this actress just naturally wraps her hair around her ponytail ribbon. Like, no, she doesn't. No, she doesn't. No. And and I'm really hard pressed given all we know that we know about well, we only know so much about her post Monjack because yeah. he was selling everything. I just wrote here, any man who talks to you like that is bad. Like, after every interaction they have, I just am having, like, a please be careful, you guys. Like, don't fucking get murdered. Like, any, just no. 
So now it's 2003. Jackie, her manager, is pitching her. Is it just married or just famous? Just married. Just married. Just okay. married. I wrote down just famous for some reason. Yeah, because so, that's what they were at the time. Right? Just famous. Her co-lead would be Ashton Kutcher. was exciting for her. She's um the guy from Dude, Where's My Car in that 70s show as far as she's concerned. Brittany says he's very pretty. She wonders about their chemistry. It'd be like Beauty and the Beast, she says. So we cut to the photo shoot. Lifestyle. Beast. She's the beast because she hates herself. Remember? Right. She's pretty. He's pretty. So that would make them. Yeah. Right. So then we cut to the photo shoot, which I think was really famous, and I feel like they played clips of this behind the scenes photo shoot on MTV for a really long time. Google it. Like they would use it anytime they showed like stock footage of them. Um. So Lifestyle's original famous is playing. Um. The two of them have real chemistry, and it springs into a little relationship. Let's play the two of them leaving. It's like literally. I think that they're leaving from the place where they filmed Dancing with the Stars. You tell me if this is right. This parking lot. Okay. Gentlemen, get something good, okay? Hey, Ashton, how's it going there, man? Hey, guys. Oh, come on, give us something, man. You're killing me. Oh, Brittany, hey, are you and Ashton item offset, too? Don't believe everything you guys publish. Oh, come on, you guys are wearing <laughs> rings. Oh, they're for the film. They were just having fun. And so you're, uh, you're not dating? Take a look at him. He could break any heart in Hollywood. <laughs> You're so beautiful. <laughs> Shut up. No, I'm serious. Um. What are you doing? <laughs> what? You ever take this stuff off? You would run for the hills. Whoa. We already are in the hills, but yeah, you're, you're totally right. I would run. I'd run. What? That's me. <laughs> Whoa. This power couple just got nominated. What? So, really? Yeah. For what? For a Razzie Award. Worst on-screen couple. Oh, that's just me. Oh it's actually kind of hilarious. I mean, the movie made a truckload of money, so the Razzie people can suck it. Well, you may have just killed my career, but at least we're in on it together, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Question is, what are we going to wear to the acceptance speech? Go as a pair of Oompa Loompas. <laughs> now, come on, let's get out of here. I want to go do something. Yes, you guys go outside. It is a beautiful day. You can go hike in the hills. We, we are, are in the hills. hills. <laughs> That's gross. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get dressed. Okay. <laughs> I'll never get tired of this view. It reminds me of when my mom and I first moved down here. You know, all those dreams. <laughs> Beautiful, huh? Yeah. Oh. Oh, okay. no. <laughs> all right, guys. You got it. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Oh. Whoa. Oh, hey. You okay? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm fine. It's just, uh, I'm just about, you know, to get them sometimes. It'll pass. <laughs> All right, you sure? It always does, yeah. All right. Come it's on. never really clear what's happening to her here. We just know it's bad. Like, this is the beginning of us understanding, okay, wait, she's really actually, like, ill. So, 
Um, they go to the diner, right? Oh, God. Ashton says he doesn't understand their ritual of going to the diner. And the lady drops off their, their hamburger buns and, or their hamburgers. And Ashton lifts the bun off and he goes, uh, I ordered the burger with extra grease. And then they expertly pan to the waitress who's like 60 years old, like rolling her eyes. She's like, I work at a diner. I'm not here for your jokes, Ashton. Yeah, I don't care who you are. Then they pan back to him who now has French fries like a walrus. And it was like an expert pan. It was like a joke. Lady doesn't care. Pan back down. Walrus. It, like, you really get the vibes that he was the most annoying person on the planet. I don't think he was being annoying here. I have to uh, note the cinematography uh, and direction in this in this scene. Everybody's looking at them. Right. So they're always on stage. Right. So they were performing because they knew they had to be. I thought it was like Justin Timberlake annoying, where it's like you're yes, high key permanently annoying. Yes, that's really, really a factor in in most matters. But I definitely think that because well, Justin Timberlake's an Aquarius too. So there you go. Aquarian men, as an Aquarius female, are something else. Right. They're a piece of work. They're a piece of work. Okay. So, um. Ashton's phone is blowing up while they're there. And she's like, what are you doing? And he's like, oh, it's the guys. They're asking me to go clubbing. She, he's like, we should go out. And she's like, no, 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 no. I'm going to go home. But you can if you want. And he's like, okay. So he goes out, spends the night out. Next thing we see, it's the it's the break of dawn. And his trucker hat is hitting the lampshade next to the bed. And she's like, where have you been all night? But like, not shelter. really. She's being very like, <laughs> shelter. Ledoux. She's very, she's being very like coy about it though. She never like, I've noticed this with her like throughout the movie. She never flatly says like, I'm pissed. Where have you been all night? Like, it's just like, he was at the lounge. I'm okay. She's like, no, I'm okay. Have fun with your friends. And, um, <laughs> basically just she's like, I love Jersey you. She's a Jersey wife. <laughs> I don't right. care that you're in waste management. She's looking the other way. So she's like, look, she's like, he's like, all my friends love you. I love you so much. You're the best. He's like, we're going to make this work. He's like, I just, you know, she's like, listen, we met on a movie doing a couple on their honeymoon phase. She's like, we're never going to be the same way again. Yeah. And he's like, well, I'll make it work with you. So then the two of them bone. And then we cut to a title card. This is three months later. Brittany comes back from the movie that she's just been filming in New York. And she has to inform her mom that unfortunately the two of them have broken up. I don't really remember this, but they did. Um, she says they were too different. Um, she likes to stay at home. He likes to be out. So when Brittany gets to the top of the stairs, when she's like giving her on this speech, she collapses, like fully collapses. And she wakes up in the hospital with her mom next to her. The doctor says that it's hypoglycemia and anemia, probably from her periods. She has really bad periods, which was cited a lot when she died. Um, Jackie, the manager, is there. She assures them both it's, both it's fine. Um, but it turns out the tabloids know she's there. They think there's something like much bigger going wrong with her. They think it's an eating disorder. Um, but then when they get outside and they're bombarded with the paparazzi, guess who's there? Her murderer, Simon. So Whoa. he's like, Explosive. I don't do this stuff anymore. I don't do work like them. Like, get in the car. So like for some reason, Simon, despite the fact that he's not a paparazzi anymore, is just standing outside the hospital ready to pick her up. Because um, Ed Winter told him. <laughs> right. Except Right. The coroner. I mean, he wouldn't have said it then, but he would have. Why are you apologizing? He was a coroner. Right. You're (laughs) right. He is the coroner. That's probably the darkest. I'm saying, you know, people know stuff because people told them. HIPAA wasn't enforced then. Right. Pippa Middleton. HIPAA. Oh. Um, So she flashes back to the first time in her mind that she ever heard his voice. And it's the clueless 
Um, it's the clues red carpet. And she's like actually not doing this. It's just a movie magic trick because she still doesn't realize how long she's known him yet. Right, right. But um, it's her POV. We see that from her point of view, she was panicking and felt like she was very afloat, like whatever. Like he was her keeping her, he was keeping her afloat. So now it's August 2003. Brittany's talking about working with Dakota Fanning on the red carpet. She's asked about her drug use. She said she never has used drugs. Used drugs. She has a heart condition. Um, her next project, Little Black Book and Happy Feet are coming up and she's excited about both because she gets to sing. Brittany tells her mom some exciting news. She's the next DoorDash jeans girl. Her mom says that she, uh, can't handle all the ups and downs. Brittany says it's going to be all but ups from now. Don't worry about it. And then she goes, I won't be needing these anymore. She pulls a bottle of pills from her purse and her mom grabs them. It's like antidepressants, which like is both is like LOL for two reasons. One is if Brittany would be on antidepressants that her mom didn't know. To like, that's a normal reaction to have to antidepressants. <laughs> like, that's so weird. So now it's 2004. That's the first thing I said. Brittany's mom is like, I gotta go to the pharmacy. And Brittany's like, I wanna come. And her mom's like, no, 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 I gotta go now. Which I'm like, that would mean cancer right away. Well, like, no other question. No I'd one like, rushes there unless you have a yeast infection or, like, explosive diarrhea. Exactly. You like, don't someone's just, like, I gotta get there now. And, like, also, like, still, still, like, still strange for the circumstances at hand because it's like, oh, you have to get your cancer medicine today. Like, Stop. babe. <laughs> um, <laughs> So her mom's like, I don't want to talk about it. She's like, I'll, I'll be okay. She's like, so Brittany goes through all of her shit and like finds like a pamphlet that says like breast cancer question mark. And she comes, Brittany's mom comes home and she's like crying on the stairs. Can I tell you how dare, how dare her doctor give her a brochure that's like about breast, breast cancer? cancer when she had it before. <laughs> right. So you really like, in case you forgot, like this is what cancer is like. It. Yeah. Look what doctor, I mean. They could have set that up a different. She could have found a prescription. I'm just saying that sometimes lifetime doesn't take like a two narrative steps further than what the conventional. That's you know, why you have to stay angry because to me this is normal now. No. I'm like, oh, this is how information is <laughs> no, introduced. It's normal when it's like Heather Langenkamp and when like they have Dean an hour Kane. and twenty seven minutes. But to we're talking about. about the iconic right. iconography of an underrated actress in Oscar award winning movies who worked with nominated award nominated directors and you know she deserves just a little bit more urgency and understanding of what the story where the story is going to go if Dean Kane and Heather Heather Langenkamp are in the movie then you know do whatever you want you can make shit she deserves fly. better than not just like a pamphlet that's been printed out on like a like a little she piece of paper she didn't pick that up on her own volition no that she just, she had, deserves a better life that somebody like start to that finish to better life like little in the movie you know it, what I mean? at least could have said breast cancer again again <laughs> Not me. Okay? Not me. Yeah. Who could believe it? Who could believe I'm just saying that, like, <laughs> I'm not laughing at breast cancer at all. No. I'm like great-grandmother died of it, but I'm just You're saying, You're a storyteller. Like, I'm a storyteller. Right. Why, you know, she's, I'm supposed to believe that Sharon Murphy walked into the hospital. The doctor said, you have cancer again. And she said, I have no idea how to deal with this considering this almost took my life the first time this is I need very a early twitter is you could have said be cans who me yeah that's what it could have said it could have been like trendy yeah it could have been a me. hashtag or something they just had to like take it to the most basic hashtag i'm tired of 
have them to, oh God, I'm not going there. I'm just saying they could have at least, at the very least. Guys, I'm not being casual about breast cancer. It's, I can't I'm probably be going to get it. it. I'm probably going to get it. It's no, skipped, don't my mom say doesn't that. have it. So it's probably I don't want to get it. I get, yeah. mam- you get mammograms? Uh, I'm, I'm too afraid. My grandmother had it okay, and my aunt's going to get it. So I probably insane. will. You You should really just go get one. I and, will. No, I mean, I'm telling you, you have to get one okay. by the end of the summer. I mean, I'm not saying I never will. I just haven't you reached to, that age yet where they're like, you, let's squeeze your boobs. Just, if you watch GMA or today, they'll let you know that it doesn't matter anymore. Oh, There's right. too you many environmental go. factors. I go and get my shit looked at every, my boobs go up and down. I need to have them know what's going on inside of them besides the fat. You go, you let them squeeze your boob for like 30 minutes and you move on with your day. Okay. Okay. I'm just saying that if you, having seen people go through breast cancer, you don't want a brochure. No, it's how my grandmother died. I first my oncologist had a brochure. I'm gonna punch him in the face. You're right. No, you're right. I don't want, I don't want to, I don't want a brochure. No. So, um, I don't want a link or a forward or a bookmark or a tag. Brittany's mom does tell her that it's not just bad. It's very bad. And so we go to a little mini montage of Brittany spending all of her time at the hospital with her mom. Um, and it's, I wrote here, it's actually very sad. Um, she gets home and there's a ton of mail outside of her place. a lot of scripts. And as this little montage moves forward, less and less scripts are there for her every time to the point that she brings her mom home. So now we're in September, 2005. Uh, she's caring for her mom at home. Let's play this clip. 43, uh, 20 to 46, 18. Green tea, lots of antioxidants. Oh, you stop fussing over me. Being out of sight, out of mind is not a very good thing in this town. Did you at least call Jackie back? I left messages. Oh, Brittany. You did. Oh, <laughs> uh, I know that's here. Hello? <clears throat> I'm sorry. Jordash junkie. What? No. No comment. What? What's going on? Porter what asking for a comment? Of, I don't. I mean. Oh, no. Oh, Should I decline this? Yes. Jordash junkie. Gossip reporter has blogged that a well-known actress got loaded out of her mind at a Hollywood party and had sex with a cater waiter in the stairwell. They're saying that it was me. Oh, please, sweetheart, that's insane. You've been in the hospital with me morning, noon, and night. You can't... I don't know whether to laugh or cry at the idea that I left your hospital room to go out and get loaded and have anonymous sex. Brittany, we're going to call Jackie and she will know how to straighten all this out, Okay. How could anyone who actually knows me believe that I would do that? I told you that would blow over just like the last silly scandal did, right? You should not be up, okay? What do you need? It was good to get out of bed. I'd be laying there all day. Oh, sweetie. Just smile. At least you got a retraction, right? Well, it doesn't mean anything, okay? People believe 
what they want to believe. What? What is it? They're... They're dropping. Who's dropping you? I don't know. My agents. Jackie. No way, Brittany. She's... It's right here, okay? I'm telling you. I didn't realize that her agents and, and managers dropped her, her because of all of this. Yeah, I mean, this was a really, like... I mean, I'm not going to say there was a great time to be Brittany Murphy, but this was a rough time to be Brittany Murphy. Like, first of all, Jordash Junkie was, first of all, widely rumored in the rumors of Ted Casablanca's column. For those of you who don't know, the Dirty Truth was, like, the OG blind item website, and it was on E! And run by Ted Casablancas, who was his writer. And I don't know. I mean, he has a Twitter presence, but it's he has like 3,000 Twitter followers. Like, he does not have... He does not have the iconic following that he should have for being who he is. He's throwing an art party in Palm Springs. I Googled him, of oh course. Oh, my God. I t- didn't I text you about that or, like, tweet you about like that? I feel like you did. I, I mean, I would go to it. I think that there's no huge business to be had in 2018 <clears throat> when you spent all of 2000 to 2015 telling everybody's business. So a lot of people thought that this was uh, Kirsten Dunst when this came out. I don't remember. I feel like by the time this was a... mm. But to think back on how like blatant this was, like, okay, like now in the internet world, like if you call someone Jordash Junkie and it's literally the only famous actress with a Jordash campaign... Like everyone would know who this is. That would like barely be. Well, you wouldn't go. You wouldn't be so bold. You wouldn't be so. You'd be. You'd be a laney gossip about it. You know what I mean? So this This is is, this is very obvious. Even put the brand in it. And by the way, I feel like if the brand had a problem. The brand would have said something. I think the brand was in on it too. Probably. What I always heard in the era that we were covering this is that. It was someone who worked on the brand. I was going to say, it makes sense. The only way that they do that is like just drop the whole thing like a sack of bricks. Like, well, how do we just get rid of it all? No, there's just some things that you learn with a lot of these deals that, that, that artists do is that the brand is willing to pay. Well, that's what I'm saying is that the brand like wanted her out and they're like, how do we fucking cut the cancer out? No pun intended yeah, to Sharon they Murphy. Just, they dropped the ball. And right. I think they dropped the ball here on her because this, I think the branded thing hurt hurt her more than being unreliable on set. Well, that like, obviously... Her, that like, cut out money that she could have... Even Lohan was doing Fiona Arena. I was going to say, like, how many famous actresses at all were doing Jordash jeans during this time? Jordash was begging for a come up at this time. Absolutely. Um, so, Brittany... You were making your own jeans back then, and that wasn't a come up either, to be honest. True life. True life. Like, literally, like, true religion was, like, struggling in a garage yes! before it, like, was Seven birthed. jeans. Yeah. Paper denim. Come on. So, um, Brittany's dropped by everyone in her life, which is terrible. Like, it's really hard to think about how you'd come back from that. Two months later, Brittany's on the phone. She's trying to get new reps. She's being found out. Like, a third-tier agency is telling her, like, we can't take you on. This Jordash junkie stuff is too strong. Um, which is crazy, given that, like, now the media climate, like, there are still people that are, like, full-blown accused sexual predators who, like, have jobs and, like, lives and livelihoods, and they still have an agency, but, like, someone supposedly who could technically be Brittany Murphy, like, can't get an agent now because of Jordash Junkie. But they were looking for... 
again, like, I hate to be the grandma, but like 2004, 2005, 2000. Her agents, managers, everyone might no, have been No, I mean, you had to be controversial to get in the papers and you had to be hot and you had to sh- look like you ha- could have a good time and kind of be dangerous. But then but why would ha- her agents back away when she wasn't because specifically Because she named? wasn't willing, she wasn't technically willing to do what they needed her to do. Right. You see in the film, she didn't like going out. She didn't like. She didn't go full Lohan. She didn't go full Lohan. Hand, and she also didn't like being in a PR relationship. Right. She clearly didn't want the, the whole thing. She had, they were engaged. Right. Her and Ashton were engaged. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, right? Am, am I wrong? But they were engaged, right? Yeah, I think you're right. Um, They were living, definitely living together. Yeah. Like, there's, she couldn't handle the pressure of that. I'm not saying she's weak for it. I'm just saying that it was a rough period of adjustment for her yeah. and everyone else during that time. Yeah. Everyone else was going through something crazy. Yeah. Britney was marrying old boy. That was, she was, this is like the meat of like Hollywood crazy. This is 2007 now. Yeah. Like this is Britney's baby already halfway done with baby one. So Simon Monjack, it's now 2007. Simon Monjack is sitting alone at a dinner. And I mean, who wouldn't just think he'd be... Definitely at Elkin Park. We'd all think... I see in my mind, I was like, he's at Craig's. Like, in my mind, I saw Craig's. Craig's wasn't open yet. Right. You're right. I don't know. I mean, I've only been at Craig's once. It wasn't Don... Whatchamacallit? What's Don? Tell me. Don? It's the the place. first day of. Oh wait, the oh. no. There's 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 Craig's, which is opened up by the Mater D who worked at Dom, which I can't think of the name. Oh oh, I don't know. Dantana's. Dantana's. Okay. So he's the Mater D of Dantana's open up Craig's. Yeah. No, I don't see. I I see him. He's definitely at El Compadre or Casa Vega. You're right. You're, he's you're at totally Casa right. Vega for real. So it's now 2007. Simon Monjack's alone at dinner. I thought he would probably just be alone, and then right. he ran into her. But no, she fucking came looking for him. We're gonna play this clip. It's a longer clip, but I just wrote here. Apparently, she agreed to meet this guy. Like it's crazy to think like what place in her life she must have been in that she gets a call from Simon Monjack's like I'll meet you there. She's like I'll be right there. That's dark. Thank you so much for coming to meet me. Of course. As I mentioned, I'm no longer a photographer. <laughs> well, other than for my own pleasure. Uh, but I've had a bit of success as a producer and screenwriter. I've just had the film Factory Girl released this last year. And that inspired me to write this script about Sigmund Freud. Which I loved, by the way. Thank you so much. To be blunt, I want you for the lead role. For the opera singer. <laughs> You're right. Yeah. Uh, she's a wonderful character, and I love to sing. But I'm sure you know that it's it's impossible to raise money on my name anymore. Well, you just need a fresh start. We'll find the money somehow. Mm-hmm. The most important part is to find the right person for the role. And I know that that's you. Wow. <laughs> Uh, I appreciate your vote of confidence in me. But why do you think that I'm so perfect for the part? Vulnerability. (laughs) I know you normally play much tougher characters, but I see the vulnerable Britney hiding inside of you. That's the Britney I want. 
<laughs> well, we have talked the night away. Yes. Yeah. Um, we're going to have to table this until I get back from New York. Right. Um, we're going to New York. In the morning, yeah. We'll direct a DVD thing. The best I can get these days. I wonder if you remember the first time we met. How could I forget? You were my worst critic. <laughs> yes, but before that, your first red carpet. What, you're not talking about the Clueless premiere? Yes. Oh my God, that was you? I had an inkling that there was a star inside of you. That was a real turning point for me. I really felt that, he, that you saw me. <laughs> uh, right. Um, well, good luck in New York, and uh, we'll talk more when you get back, yeah? New York, I detest flying. <laughs> I could go with you if you like. I brought home two surprises. Ready? Surprise number one. <laughs> Surprise number two. Oh, ha. <laughs> Simon popped the question. <laughs> Still can't believe you said yes. Mm -hmm. When you know, you know. <laughs> Simon is an amazing man. He has made a fortune buying and selling art. Really? Yeah. I thought you were a photographer. Yeah. Well, I've I've dabbled in a number of things. Most recently, writing and producing. In fact, I've just had the film Factory Girl released this last year. Have you heard of it? No, I have not. So what, what are the things? <laughs> All right. <laughs> Where to start? <laughs> when we went to New York. To right. We went to New York this past week. And um, she, had, she filmed for three days. Uh, no, no. Let me help, please. Thank you, Simon. Just... Sharon, I know this must all seem rather sudden to you. That's an understatement. You know, Brittany is extremely vulnerable and fragile right now. And you're worried that I'm taking advantage of that. I don't blame you for wondering. Hmm. Well, she's always had a flair for the dramatic. And you've been her knight in shining armor once before, right? <laughs> Look, I'm no... Ashton Kutcher. I don't have Hollywood good looks. But I really do love Brit. I want to marry her with all my heart. You've gained her trust. That's not easy to do these days. Well, she knows I have her best interest at heart. If you do, could you please slow this train down? <laughs> I've tried. Believe me, I've tried. Can I help it that she finds me so irresistible? <laughs> Look, I'm sure you know that 
Brittany is famously tied to my apron strings. But we are a package deal. Like it or not. Sharon, I would have it no other way. One of my favorite ways to watch Lifetime movies is on the Lifetime Movie Club, streaming 100 Lifetime movies anywhere, anytime. New movies are rotated in weekly, so you will never run out of new juicy movies to watch. Plus, listeners of Mother May I Sleep a Podcast get an exclusive one-month free trial. Just go to LifetimeMovieClub.com slash malls, and if you're still not convinced, let me tell you about this month's movies. We've got I Am Elizabeth Smart, which I believe was produced by Elizabeth Smart, has Skeet Ulrich in it, and it is beyond creepy. It really, if you ever thought you knew what happened to Elizabeth Smart, watch this because you didn't. Uh, Cocaine Godmother is on there. How could anyone not watch a movie called Cocaine Godmother? And Rules Too Late to Say Goodbye and Committed. Again, to get your free month of Lifetime Movie Club, go to LifetimeMovieClub.com slash malls. That's LifetimeMovieClub.com slash M-O-L-L-S for the exclusive to us offer of one free month. Here's the thing. She gives them a They don't show no sex scenes with these with her and Simon Mark. Because like it's literally hard enough to watch them be in tank tops in bed (laughs) together. So like there is one thing though, like when we end though, like Simon leans over and gives Sharon a kiss and is like, I promise I'll take care of your daughter. Like some shit like that. And like I literally wrote to myself, like, this literally for me is cemented every sexual rumor between the two of them that I ever needed. Like just the fact that like the intimacy of the way he like kissed her on the cheek, I was like, oh, like she's getting something out of this. What is it though? I don't know. Like, I mean, it's probably like a sense of security. Like the first person I ever come along and be like, I got this. That's not like her cocky daughter who's like has a good knack for acting. Like it's like a man being like, okay. Which I is had like a- that once and I couldn't get over the glaring just like this. Is, there was – I knew that I wasn't mature enough to tolerate the intolerance of what this relationship would present. Right. Yeah, I guess. I mean that's maturity in and you of itself. You live in Los Angeles – I'm sorry. Like you come here, if you come here with like a goal, you want a hot guy. Do you think that maybe though, like these two were just happy to have a man of any type step into their life and be like, don't worry, I've got your back. 1000%. And this goes back to, again, a scenario that I'm not familiar with and that I'm learning about through experiences from my friends and my peers. And I don't want to be like miss, you know, perfect, pretty princess about my dad raising us and my parents. No, you've lived your, you fought your fight. I fought my my fight in other ways. I used to get teased when I was like a little girl about my dad showing up to school. And I just used to be like people, I would come home to my mom and dad and be like, they're making fun of me because daddy picked me up from school. Right. And she'd be like that. She would explain it in her own way. I'm not going to say, I'm not going to penalize my mom, but I don't think there's anything bad about the alternative. I'm just saying like, this is why you're getting it because X. Yeah. And I, and, and yes, yeah, so I 
long story short, I agree with you. They they were happy to have a man who was ready to take exactly. care of shit. Yeah. In any way. Which is why she glommed on to him Because, like, even if you're a woman and you can financially <clears throat> take care of shit, there is a part of you always that's like... I mean, I deal with it, like, living in this house where it's yeah. like, if I have a construction guy come over, yeah. like, he's for sure darting his eyes around to make sure that there's no presence of a man so we could, like, add on some extra money. Or ask you out on a date. Or swipe left. Oh, or that, right that on Twitter. Twi- I don't even know. Like, I was calling was- swipe left on Twinder. <laughs> Twinder. Swipe, I sound like a South Park skit. You are too, swipe left you on are Twinder. Too taken. It's not fair. So we cut to Brittany then in her bed struggling with a pill bottle. Things to come. Um, so Simon is naked in bed next to her. It's disgusting. Ugh. I just wrote here, it's disgusting to look at. He tells her he has so many ideas for how to reboot her career. Uh, he wants people to love her again. He sees the sees, uh, to see her the way that he does. They kiss. It's disgusting. <laughs> And then we get to Brittany and her mom at lunch. Now, this scene is truly fucking bone chilling, and we need to spend some time with this. Because, okay. like, what would you do? With my mom? Just wait okay. until oh, when this woman comes up like this. Just wait. I'd die. Oh, yes. Me, I'd die. This part. Okay, here we go. The front yard is too small. It's not going to accommodate this big of an event. Which is why we cut the guest list down, way down. Okay, Simon says we should only invite friends who've been loyal. Real friends. Simon says, Simon says. Where's Simon's list? I, his family, they're mostly in the UK. <clears throat> I'm sorry to disturb you. Oh, we, I'm sorry. We're just right in the middle of something no, really okay. important. It's okay. Ma, it's okay. Oh, did you want a picture? No, I'm not looking for a picture or an autograph. Just to warn you, you're seeing Simon Monjack? Oh. This is really any of your business. <laughs> what are you, a reporter? No. How well do you know Mr. Simon Konjak? I mean, that's what my friends call him. Has he told you about his other fiancés? The broken hearts he's left strewn on both sides of the Atlantic? Oh, I assume that you're one of them. I think maybe it's a good idea. You need to walk away. Get out No, not until I've said my piece. Okay. Has he told you about the lawsuits, the unpaid bills, rent he skipped out on? And you might want to talk to the FBI. There's a complaint or two on file. I'm leaving. At least talk to his family. Ask them how he went through all of their money before he started bilking everyone else's. Simon is a manipulative con man who victimizes trusting people. You need to know that. And get that ring appraised. It is a cubic zirconium for sure. Sorry. (laughs) Come on. (laughs) That was crazy. I mean, this is the thing. Like, when everyone's friend is like, she's just jealous. It's like, you don't ever just let, like, coast on the fumes of someone potentially being just jealous of you. And this is why. Like, I think, first of all, just jealous is, like, a big-ass excuse that does not really exist in most of the real world. Just jealous really But we don't understand, like, how many crazy things happen to them per day. So that was probably just, like, one of 50 crazy things that happened that day. Sure. And, yeah, we're right. This is this woman probably represents one of 50 people that were coming up and getting in her ear. And trying to sit down and have lunch. But then Brittany does the outrageous thing of literally not saying anything to Simon when she gets home. He thinks she's just like in a period mood. He's just like, oh, okay. Like 
she won't tell him. So like we get really fucking far. These two get really really far before they say anything. Look at, her, like, look at the look games. on her face. She's already done. Blah blah blah. No, she's giving him looks, but she's not saying why, which really bothered me because the next time we go, they're playing like Uno or something at the kitchen table, and then fucking Ice comes up to the front door, knocks on the door. It's literally the immigration <laughs> police, and they arrest Simon because he is on a uh, visa. expired visa. And they have a warrant, but then there's also a bunch of other shit. So they arrest Simon. Um, Brittany's like, how do I get him out? And the lawyer comes to us. He's like, listen, uh, Brittany, honey, this is like way deeper than you could ever think. Like he has over $500,000 in back due rent. He has, um, he had a tiger, right? He had a case for, um, credit card fraud, credit card fraud and Virginia that he got dismissed on she's like but he got dismissed and they were like dismissed like it's not a, a not guilty he paid a settlement with the creditor so they she winds up going to like go pick him up at jail she gets him she gets him out and she goes simon's like hey Brittany, i want to like tell you about some stuff before we go inside she's like i don't want to hear any of it i just want to fix it so next thing we go to um they're getting married it's a jewish ceremony beautiful but it's in the front yard of the house which is a little poor and sad like considering especially what's about to happen she'd already he'd i'm sorry he'd already corrupted her into thinking that anything less than anything more than that rather it was dark was dark and that they need to preserve their shit it had to be tight yeah and like that's as we say at the beginning it was in the front wow and that's like what she was saying with her mom at the restaurant she's like we're keeping it tight 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 which is always like you know like, that's the big sign. nothing more tight than getting married on a cul-de-sac where britney and justin used to live right and so she like get they get married and britney's mom like announces it to the to the whole yard of people and like literally they look like they're at a fucking funeral so the next morning, Brittany wakes up and she tells the, tells Simon in bed, uh, they found out. And I guess she wanted to control the wedding announcement, but it was leaked. He uh, leaked it. Well, like, honestly, literally was on the front you yard of a cul-de-sac. He, like, fair, but also a taxi he leaked, driver. But he facilitated it. Who chose to put the shit on the front lawn? Yeah. yeah. Who no, chose? You agree. You're right. You're, you agree. I agree. You're right. Um... And Brittany's saying that she's reading the newspaper to him and she's saying, they're saying you cast a spell on me and my mom. And Simon says, maybe I have. Honestly, you must be a bit crazy. Only way to explain why you'd want to be with me. And Brittany says, besides my mom, you're the only one I know for sure loves me without question. And this super tense music plays and Simon sits up and he says, I know you don't want to hear this, but I want to be 100% honest with you because I really want this to work. And Brittany says, Simon, don't. And he says, all these dirty, terrible things you've heard about me, they're true. Every last one of them. I guess you could say I've been a bit of a sociopath. And she says, it doesn't matter, okay? The past is the past. <laughs> and he's like, right, right. That's the point. When I'm with you, you make me want to be a better man. And when and with you, I will be. From now on, let me protect you. No more blogs. No more tabloids. Let's shut down the haters out of our lives. And she goes, and fake friends. And he goes, and fake friends too. And I'm like, girl, you had good friends. And he convinced you that they were fake friends because now it's 2009 and you're fucking alone married to a, a self-admitted sociopath. He admitted it during pillow talk. Wow. Literally. Like, and she's like, no, 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 no. Don't tell me. Like, this is when you know you're with, when you are literally not listening to a sociopath tell you he's a sociopath making excuses. Yeah. You're in trouble. You're in trouble. So let's play. Oh, so wait, let's just get really quick. One night, Brittany like shoots up in bed because she hears a, a noise in the background. And it's probably a car miss. Like, you got to be clear because when you said right? shoots up, I was like, 
heroin? No, no, no. Also, She's probably. bolts up. She bolts She's up from bed. Yes. And she hears like a in the background. And she's like, they're trying to get me. They're trying to get me. And like, they call the police and they're just like, it's so it was a car misfiring. And she's like, I'm so embarrassed. I'm so fucking humiliated. Um, and I just like wrote later, like, why would she think that like, it's embarrassing? Because if I remember correctly, you're bringing up some old stuff now. I know this was in the scene in the movie. No, 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 no. I'm saying that this was reported. Oh, probably that she went, but that uh, there was a period where once post marriage that, that people were following their every single move and cause they thought this guy was weird. And this guy did She does this a couple times in the movie. You're right. She does this a couple times in the movie, but there was, uh, Simon did have a reputation. Like he did have, I know the movie that he produced with the factory girl producers. And I know that he was dabbling more than dabbling. He was making deals and like, you know, getting scripts sold and getting into rooms where it was like, she was the same room she would have gotten into. Right. So, so I do remember there was a period where she was freaking out about stuff because that look, that cul-de-sac, he was at her ear. He was in her ear, but no, but the, but things that would happen, the neighbors were like annoyed because people would be parked outside their houses. Mm. So they would start feeding people stuff. Right. Just because they were like, you know, they were annoyed and didn't realize that the continuance of feeding this information was going to continue to keep the presence of paps on their, on their doorstep. So yeah, like, I mean, you know, like her antics were being widely discussed. Okay. Oh, wait, I switched things. You're right. This one was the one with the helicopter where she thought the helicopter nearby yeah. was for her. It was not for her. The The gun backfiring car thing comes later. So she has a whole running theme in this. She I apologize, you guys. I don't normally do that. Okay, let's go to 104.17 to 105.30. Honey? Mm. Got some lunch for you. Mm. Mm-mm. No, I'm not hungry. No, you have to eat something. Brittany, it's not healthy for you to just lay around here all day. Did you take your medicine? Yeah, yeah, I think so. <sighs> These antidepressants don't seem to be working that well anymore. I'm going to call the doctor, no, Brittany. Ma- no, doctors. Please, Ma. That's it. I've done it. What? I finally made it happen. You, my dear, have got a movie. I know that these too. I can't wait to... No, 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 no. What's, what's no, no, no. This? this, this is a thriller. Small budget, but very, very good. We leave for Puerto Rico in a week's time. Well, it's Puerto Rico, saying, baby, you know I hate flying. And over the water. I know, I know. But it's all right. We'll both be with you. Your mom and I. I'll be doing your hair and makeup for the film. We'll make a vacation of it, all right? Just read the script. No, I don't have to. I can... I just want to work. That's my girl. You did it. <laughs> okay, so I want to oh pause this for the diner soon after it, but I just want to say, why is he doing her hair and makeup for the movie, and why did she just and accept that? Because he just took, he pocketed the guarantee. He just walked in and they said, "Get it, if you get us Brittany Murphy on this set by tomorrow, by Saturday of next week, take this fifty thousand dollars." So no. literally, everyone involved is like, "Yeah, he'll be doing her hair and makeup. He'll be doing the stars' hair and it's makeup." It's a low budget movie. And you get Brittany Murphy, and this might be the role of the, this might be a Canyons type situation, right? 
This right. might actually get me. Look, the Canyons went to Venice Film Festival in right. consideration. But like she accepted that. Brittany's like, yeah, you'll be doing my hair and yes, makeup. Yes, of course. She's drugged out, right? She's, I don't think that she's necessarily drugged out. I think that she's in a despondent place. Well, where we see her, she is so vacant. She's vacant. No one's home. And think about it. Jackie left her. Her agency left her. Right. Her but Mon Jack and the mom. And he's like, I'll be running the flat iron right. on this. Yeah. Or, or doing a little you know twist with the wrist at the end for a little curl yeah 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 that's nice yeah okay so we go back to the diner and this is where so rachel ashdy boy finds them post rachel yeah post rachel post rachel 9-11 have you seriously come back here every one of the past 18 years <laughs> we missed one or two times while Brittany was shooting but we always came back to make up for it it's exactly the same. <sighs> Nothing's changed. It's terrible. <laughs> Everything has changed. I just don't see it. Why don't you mind your own business and bugger off? Hey, everybody. Listen. Hi, Sharon. Hey, hey how are you? Good to see, see you. you. How are you? Simon. Hey. Come here. What are you doing here? <laughs> It's <gasps> one time a year I know where to find you guys. Well, uh, join us. Oh, sit down. I, yeah. uh, I'd love to. I can't stay very long. I'm actually producing a pilot for a TV show. Congratulations. That's wonderful. Good for you. Thank you. Yeah, we're actually in the casting process right now, and your name came up. I think you'd be great for the lead. I Thanks, Mitch. But we're, um, we're just now rebooting Britney's future career. I don't think it's quite time to go back to TV. Well, I hope you'll think about it. Because you'd be great. Of course she'll think about it. Thank you. It's so good to see good you. Good to see you, we too. We have to have yeah. food together. Okay. Yeah. We have to see each other more. Ashton, wait. <laughs> a second. <laughs> hey, Brittany. Hey. How are you? Are you... You okay? Yeah. Come on. You know you can't believe all the stuff that you hear out there. Yeah. I'm... I'm good. <laughs> We're good. You know, I never stopped caring about you. You know that, right? Me too. But I have my mom and... Simon really cares about me. Yeah, no, of course. Right. Hey. <laughs> Do you think if if we had uh, if we'd won that Razzie, <laughs> if we would have shown up to accept it in person? Definitely. Take care of yourself, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to come here again. Ever. <laughs> Can I go? So this is the thing I was mistaking before. This is where she hears the gunshots in the distance. Blah, blah, blah. Never mind. The police come to her house. They're like, you okay, girl? 
And she's like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm embarrassed. And Simon's like, she's fine. And then, like, the police are looking at Simon, and they're like, uh... And they look at Brittany, and they're like, okay, anyway. So, like, the police leave, even though they see stranger danger. They're, like, not happy with what's going on there. So Simon and Breeze are some beta blockers that'll calm her down. She's kind of mortified when she sees them, which is, like... I don't know. It's like, it's weird to me that I wrote here that it's weird that she would feel such shame and guilt about calling the police. Like that to me spoke to me to that spoke to me about her being abused more than most things in this movie. Um, so then we go to Puerto Rico, baby. Uh, Brittany is on set and she's having a hard time staying awake. This scene triggered the fuck out of me. It's one ten twenty three to one twelve thirty three. We're going to see her like, like zing on set. This is uncomfortable. It was uncomfortable. Uh, is she sleeping? Uh, no. Uh, we'll need another five, though. It's it's just the jet lag. Yeah, yeah. Take your time. Thank you. Thank you. Um, it's all right, baby, but it is important that you remember your lines this time. All right? Shall we go over them? You told me that this was going to be a thriller. Simon, I told you I don't want to do another one. It's, it's changed a bit since I first read it, but... Don't worry, you are going to be wonderful in it. All right? Promise. Just give me a moment. <clears throat> it is it is important that we're mindful of Brittany's mandated breaks. Her mandated breaks? Yes. You're kidding me, right? No. Okay, we're in Puerto Rico. This is not the Fox lot. I'm aware. Of that. This is an ultra low budget film, man. I'm well aware I of the budget. I can't get my of this star. Film. Of my movie to know one line of dialogue she for knows five her. minutes? She knows her lines. Okay. That is when she's not too busy sleeping. <laughs> are you drunk? Are you kidding me? Of Come course on, not. Simon, please. Of course it's not. Just how unprofessional you are. Calling a wrap for today, guys. Uh, we'll pick up everything tomorrow. You don't need to do that. Mandated breaks. She'll be fine by tomorrow. That's right, we'll go home, we'll get a bit of rest, all right? Good morning. How you doing? Good morning. Um, there has been a slight change of plans. Uh, you're not allowed back on set anymore. Uh, what? <laughs> it's, it's all right. I'll sort this out. Um, she's not going on without me, so... Hey, that's completely fine. And I understand, but we don't need her anymore. She's been replaced. You can't do that. Yes, I can. I can do that. Because we're making a film very little time to make it. Nobody's going to put up with her drama. How dare you? No, let's just go. Okay. So Brittany and Simon and Sharon arrive home and Brittany, Simon and Sharon are very, very sick. And Brittany's like, I'm going to take care of you too. Like you two are under my wing now. She puts them to bed. Um, Sharon tells Simon that she's worried about her and that Brittany's mood swings are getting worse and worse, which I thought was interesting because we didn't know about her mood swings really. But I guess maybe now you notice her highs and lows were very obvious in the press. I mean, now I'm like dumb about it and I didn't realize it, but you're right. Like she definitely had like what appeared to be some sort of like mood disorder. Yeah. Yeah. So Brittany comes in and Simon seems to be having like a seizure in the bed. Uh, but it's not. It's like maybe a small heart attack. So Brittany tends to him. She's, uh, you know, very jumpy and happy when she's taking care of him. He asks her if she's okay. She's like, oh, you know, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm fine. He's like, you're acting manic. So it turns out that she has a premiere called, uh, for a movie called Across the Hall. Um, and he's like, I thought you opted out of it. And she's like, no, 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 I'm, I'm going, I'm going while I'm up. Why not? 
And he's like, I'm going to go too if you're going, but let's like maybe fix your outfit. Maybe you'll go back to blonde. But it turns out she just goes to the premiere in this outfit. She's great. She's great on the red carpet. So it's like, how do you rise above it all? She's like, high heels. No, seriously. I have a wonderful husband and mom. And in the new year, I won't have a baby. So it's very like, you know, I guess you're right. High highs. So then Brittany looks at her internet for the first time in a long time, and people are still talking about her last film set. She's upset about an SNL sketch that was done of her that people are, like, really taking as fact. Um, and then she reads she was replaced on Happy Feet 2. And this was, like, basically the beginning of the very, very end for her. Um, now we're in December 19th, 2009. Brittany is very, very, very sick in bed. Um, Simon says it's been two weeks and she's been this sick. It's getting a lot worse. Brittany refuses to see a doctor. She looks like she's fucking dying. Like, for all this actress has not done, this actress looks like she's really, like, going through it in this scene. Um, apparently, she hates doctors. Her mom calls for antibiotics. Um, the next morning, Simon wakes up and Brittany is barely able to breathe. She's clearly dying. Um, Brittany gets up and goes into the bathroom. Later, it seems like much later, they hear a crash and Brittany is dead. They go in and her eyes, like she's just dead, eyes open on the floor. They bring her to the shower and sit with her in there before calling an ambulance that brings her away. Then we get this quote that comes up. The coroner's report found that Brittany Murphy died of a combination of pneumonia, chronic anemia, chronic anemia and multiple drug interactions of the over-the-counter, of over-the-counter pain medications and prescription antibiotics. No illegal drugs were found in the house or in her system. Simon is on the record saying he believes Hollywood killed his wife. Five months later, Simon also died of pneumonia in the same bedroom, leading speculation that the two were poisoned. The theory remains controversial to this day. And then we go to a quick flashback of Brittany taking her first ever headshots in LA, and then the titles. And that's the end of the Brittany Murphy story. It's really tragic what happened to her. It's really, really, really awful. And, you know, stuff like this doesn't happen in Hollywood anymore because handlers and and being able to control someone's money as their manager or their parent, the conservative, you know, Brittany has a conservative, uh, conservator in her father. And I definitely give him credit for like establishing a, a process and a procedure for her. Then, and, uh, so living proof of this not happening is like how many pop stars, et cetera, are out there that are, are escaping the Disney machine at this point in their career that used to not like Brittany Murphy literally came out here and did an actually legitimate movie made it. She did legitimate mu- movies with everybody that was everybody legitimate at that time. Michael and Douglas. Michael like, Douglas, Winona Ryder, Angelina Angel Jolie. Jolie. Like she was doing film Oscar nominated movies. Yeah. And Eminem. She was in Eight Mile. She I was mean, in Eight Mile. She was definitely like in this space and like I'm high key mad looking back actually that Marshall didn't come back to save her. Marshall himself will admit that he was under the influence at the time. He as was well. trying his best. But, like, looking back, I'm like, I wish that if anyone would have, like, come in and white-netted for her, I wish it was Marshall. He's, I mean, I feel like he's made comments about her uh, pos- posthumously. But, like, I feel I feel like Britney was caught in this era where she wasn't really a huge participant in it. But yet she was thrust into 
uh, narrative that can seem consistent with everyone else. And the thing is, is that I know for a fact that Britney was not on the scene like a Paris, right. like a Lindsay, like a Britney. Well, we she all wasn't. know that. Yeah. We all know that. We but never the, got the crotch shot. Yeah. But everyone else in the world was not seeing that because right. they were coupling her with that, that, that crew and not to talk down to those girls, but I'm just saying that they were living a lifestyle that was conducive to a certain storyline and Britney somehow got thrust into It's also that. not coincidental when like the movie started and like they're showing quotes of people. It's like Alicia Silverstone and then like who? Paris? Why is Paris Hilton being involved in this? And why is Lindsay Lohan because in this? They, and she I was, know why. Yeah, it's yeah, because like like speaking wise like yes of course like they were in the headlines at the same time right but like these were not girls that like shared a booth with her at do like they probably saw her out at a premiere here a premiere there she was always in the tabloids at the same time for being skinny right being famous being and blonde. that was a fun thing to talk about then when you weren't talking about Brangelina that or was all else. there was to talk about that was like, all there was to talk about so that's why I think about like there were other people in that era who were doing Whatever they accused Britney of, they didn't have the enigmatic quality that Britney had. Here's the thing: is that I would say that Britney Murphy and Britney Spears were both sort of victims of the sort of like, okay, if she can sponge up some of our messiness, like we'll put it on her because there that is the reality like of that. stuff. There's a reality of stuff is that like people like literally Tara Reid as well. It's like she looks messier than we do. Let's put it on her. Yeah, let's let her like scoop up. She can't up. get into hide, so that that makes this makes perfect sense. Or like she's messier than we are, mm-hmm. and that's why we won't make her get into exactly. hide. Exactly. And like people always look for someone to point the finger to, even if they're just. I mean, I always say like you can always tell like especially on Real Housewives like when people start pointing fingers are like she's an alcoholic i'm like well actually you're an alcoholic and you're just freaked out that people are gonna find you are like right. that's like they just so you're pointing to her because she's the sloppiest drunk so like if you say like you know oh that girl's ooh, like bethany like being like oh jules is jules is anorexic well bethany like no offense like i'm not gonna say you're anorexic but i'm not gonna say you have a healthy attitude towards eating so when you call jules anorexic it sure does take the heat off you like but it's but the thing is is like they these people cast these networks and these shows and these producers cast people and they put them in a role that they have to either stay in that role for a long enough time and know how to pivot out outwardly from yeah. from that role. And I think when you have in the case of like a Brittany Murphy, she was never ever subscribing. Even when she would try to sort of dabble into that space. She could never she, do it well. She could no, I think she could do it well. Be a I socialite. Could, I don't think no, that was in her bones. Socializing. I, I I think about like when she was in Sin City and I think about when she did the Paul Oakenfold remix to Faster Pussycat Kill Kill. Right. I mean like those are sex pot roles, druggy roles when she was in Trixie when she was in uh, Eight Mile was spun. yeah spun I'll never forget how much they exploited her during spun they took her role in a movie that was very low budget and exposed her to bus stands and bus stops and whatever it was and just sort of highlighted the fact that she plays like a crack whore in this movie and it was it was very much like when Anne Hathaway played a crack whore in that other movie it's like they wanted to see the good girl gone bad right and it was a much interesting story to track if you can track it from the beginning of a good girl gone bad in the internet era versus like a Britney Spears where we didn't really have factual evidence we just had photos you know that photo of her shaving her head 
during uh, her. But with first Brittany, meltdown. I would uh, Murphy. I would say she could sell it more than Anne Hathaway did because she does have that like blue collar roots. I don't roots. think that the blue collar roots ran that deep. I think they were on a very superficial surface. But she surface sold level. them better, I would say, than Anne Hathaway, which is something interesting about her as Kevin an James. actress. You know? Oh no, no, no! I'm not saying. She's but not like, Leah Remini. She can't go right. and sell this working class. Kind Maybe of not on a TV mall, show, but she girl. certainly did in like Eight Mile. She like did. in Eight Mile, I was like, okay, I believe this role for her. I, I believe, believe that. that role for her too. But- with Anne Hathaway, I feel like. Maybe this is just like the casting of her earlier <laughs> films. Like with Anne Hathaway, I always look at her and I'm just like, you're just like a college nerd. Like you're just like a coll- collegiate nerd. And like, that's isn't, that's not like a slam on her. It's just like, that's what I've cast you to believe for most of your career. Or like with Ty, with everyone else that she played in her earlier roots, it was always a little bit more humble, accessible, which is nice about Bernie Murphy. She can play high, like a come up girl, or she can also play like someone who's on her, down on her luck, or just someone that you just are rooting for. But I always think about the fact that she was in Freeway, which is one of Reese Witherspoon's early. I mean, one of the reasons why Reese Witherspoon is so excellent, yeah, at being an actress, and she is excellent, is that she and early on in her career showed the dimensions of what her capabilities were and freeway is one of those movies. And Brittany Murphy was in that movie and that movie is very low budget. And that movie, especially considering Reese's career at this point, I'm sure she made it before she was a big, big star before fear. Um, it was indicative of like what kind of quality you can expect from a Reese Witherspoon. And Brittany was literally in there delivering too. And that's the problem. That's what perplexes me the most about her death beyond her not being here right now is that she was so skilled and can go toe to toe with every single person that she was put up against that was considered at that time, the biggest star of, 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 of that moment. I think she should get some sort of lifetime achievement for like the limited life that They'll she never had. Give it to I, do, her. I know she'll never get it, but she deserves that. Like she really did cover like a, a vast like world of roles and like did like a lot high budget, low budget, Oscar winning. Yeah. Like she really did. She covered it. And like that is all I would I'd say almost like, you know, one of the many shames of being a, a woman in Hollywood, especially like a unloved woman in Hollywood, is that like, you know, people would pat themselves on the back to give a guy like Brittany Murphy uh, a, like an award. But like with a woman like Brittany Murphy, no. Like no. You Look know, at how much time we gave. What's the guy, Colin River Farrell? Phoenix. Colin, oh. no, River Phoenix. That's a whole other. He's episode. iconic, but he's not. He's. I would say Brittany Murphy did more with her limited time than River Phoenix did with his. You can say that about River Phoenix. You can say that about Kurt Cobain. You can say that about Carol Ann, the girl who Heather, the girl who played Carol Ann in Poltergeist. There was not enough work that came out of such sterling scared oh that's okay i've mentioned two horror screen queens in this entire episode so heather and and heather two heathers you guys tune into the heathers tune into the heathers but like no yeah like listen i I think river phoenix mattered i think kurt cobain mattered i think they all murphy mattered oh yeah she murdered big time we murdered big time she mattered big time she She mattered big time she was murdered big time i think I don't think it's murder. Okay. I'll just say that I don't think that there was some friendly hands in play at all points. Like, I think I that think she that definitely she was, was overlooked. She was overlooked. She was I overlooked. I think that though, in her own world though, I will say minimized and shut away in a way that like did not help the way that her death was portrayed. And I think that we publicly do not like honor her death as the tragedy that it was because it seems like there was some like, you know, 
there was no direct foul play at hand, but like it seems like I think that the foul play that was involved has been put into her hands, and I don't think it was entirely the case. I think that she wasn't necessarily led very well, and considering she was a minor when she was brought into this business, and like I don't think anyone did her wrong intentionally necessarily. But I also don't think she was done right by. And like, it makes me feel very like bad about her death. I feel quite bad about it. Like I would, I would hate to think that if I died under similar circumstances that people would be like, it was all on Molly, you know, like maybe it was like maybe cause I was a legal adult or whatever. But think about when she died, <clears throat> there was a huge shift in her and when her, the way her death was covered and the way we'd reached like a new era post Michael Jackson post Britney Spears meltdown. Yeah. Post Britney, Paris, Lindsay in the limo, like, or in the town car on their way to whatever party. Uh, we'd reached another level of like, you know, the expectation was that there was something nefarious that happened. Do I think something nefarious happened? No, I actually really think that it was just overlooking. Yeah. I think that somebody was just like asleep at the wheel and not really taking into consideration that what she was maybe the villain is us the villain was maybe us yeah maybe we got to look in the mirror if we're gonna look for the villain she was giving us every maybe start with she a quote from our man michael jackson start with the man in the mirror start you know what i'm saying you were right you were, to bring to up michael that was absolutely right you were <laughs> asking him to make that change you say hey man you got to make some changes yeah and it starts with you my friend yeah right now right now winter do you know what ultimately we do on this show here no, you don't. What's your favorite movie of all time? What do you think is the best movie that's ever been made? Oscar winner, loving it, best spiritual moment. It doesn't have to be an Oscar winner. Spiritually spoke to you, fucking on every level, dialogue, wardrobe, everything. Like, you're just like, this fucking murdered my life. Best movie. I mean, it's an easy one because it. I, I just scanned everything I love and it's really working, girl. Okay, good. Perfect. Perfect. So, when we do our scale, Working Girl is a one. Okay. And Mother May I Sleep With Danger is a five. Okay. We're trying to see if this movie is life not lifetimey at all, very good Working Girl, or if this is very lifetimey. Oh, it's a definitely Mother May I Sleep With Danger. Well, we're going to go through a scale. Okay. So, on a scale of Working Girl... To Mother May I Sleep With Danger, a five, one through five. Is this a one through a five on acting? Definitely a five. No, it doesn't. We can't go that hard. We can't. Why can't we go that hard? You think it was that bad? It's terrible. Ashton was good. Ashton was okay, good. Okay, four. All right, fine. Ashton, just saved, four. Ashton saved a point. Believability of the world and characters. Now, because this is a real life movie, I'm going to say honestly, for me, this is a two. Because, yes, it's unbelievable some of the things that happened, but this is a real world, and these were real characters. If I'm going to, like... Three. I'm going to give this a 2.5. <laughs> I just know you're going to go way too hard. Creative use of words to avoid censorship. Like, dang it, instead of, like, damn. We didn't really get that in this movie. This is, like, kind two. of a two. Okay, good. There you go, Winter. Okay, dialogue. Overall, this is really bad. This was bad. This is a four. This is a four for dialogue. Wardrobe. This is like not that bad. I I would honestly say, yeah, this isn't a bad. Thank you, Winter. Two. This is not bad. But hair and makeup. This is this is a four. Oh, I was going to give it a three. (laughs) The wigs. 
Wigs were shitty in that era. Wigs were no, but like literally, lace front isn't. This was two. This was three years ago that they made this. Yeah, and they're using they're using twenty old wigs. No, I'm doing a three. Okay, I can just give it a two point five. Okay, music. They had really good music in last. They licensed two three. songs. They licensed two whole songs. Three. Better than any other right, other TV movie. Crying. Recently. We never got the big Tory spelling crying jag. I feel for me this is a two or a one. I would give it a three. We're gonna make it a two. <laughs> I'm giving it a three. Victimization of the female character. Um, I mean, it's a four. Okay, it's a four. <laughs> <laughs> refusal or failure and or refusal to jump to the logical conclusion. Oh God, this is a five. This is a five for you. Okay. It's a five for winter. That'll be enough for me, dog. A five for winter. Okay. There it is. Drop plot lines. They, I think they carried it all through. This is probably like a two for me. Just I, to- the drop pot, plot lines occur to me when they time lapse too far. The heart, the cancer. Yeah. You're right. The heart, the cancer. The wh- why is she suddenly afraid of police? Like you're and right. Also, you were you were banging Ashton like on a Monday. Three. Let's do three. That was bad. Three fortnights later, you're not. Yeah, let's give it a three. Three fortnights. <laughs> You want he wanted to go to Tao. You didn't want to go to Tao that night. She didn't want to fuck. And also, you she's didn't like want to see Ja Rule doing his, 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 uh, uh, call it there that night, his residency in New York. Ja Rule. <laughs> at the era. He was doing a, a residency at Tao. I don't know that for sure, but I just feel like in 2004 or 5, Ja Rule was doing a residency. She wanted to stay home and she could have fucked Ashton and she did it. And she was like, nah. I understand that point and I understand that message and I'm here for it. I feel like she was like, I feel he's like you're hot, really- but he's exhausting. And she would be. He's exhausting. He's exhausting. He's like Justin Timberlake, where Brittany's just like, can I just fuck Wade Robson? Wade, boring ass Robson, Robson. for one night. This fucking idiot. I'll fuck him. He's, He's not going to keep me up all night with his fucking bullwinkle impressions. You no. know, just like he's like fucking popping around the bed with a bullwinkle impression. <laughs> like just being so fucking annoying. She's like, I'm sleeping. I would have had my period if I hadn't been taking my birth control right. straight through. Like I want to die. I have pain I'm tired. that is guttural. That is guttural. I have $20 million in the bank and I literally, the thrill of my life is spending $4 on a Frappuccino and $20 on a bad fedora. Like, (laughs) like, let me be like, let me fucking sleep. Like I have nothing. I want to go to the the counter and then I want to go to coffee bean tea leaf right after that. Exactly. (laughs) Um, okay. So font for this movie, I would say it's like basically came straight out of final cut, but it seemed professional. It looked like kind of like yeah, John Grisham. Like on the posters on the movie. It's Palatino. Like, it, looked, it looked like a John Grisham sort of It was moment. Palatino. Palatino? Oh, okay, my God. What are you going to give that shit? You're going to give that a three? I'm going to give that a three, yeah. It's definitely Palatino. Okay, so we got Palatino in the mix. Sammy, take your time because I know we ran back and forth on those scores a little bit. Um, I think it's 41.5. 41.5, which is, I would say, a pretty fucking high number. That might be... If not the highest, the second highest for the season, possibly one of the highest of all times. Winty Mitch, you just delived <laughs> so hard. I have to say, my I'm crying right now. My allergies <laughs> hurt so bad. This was so amazing. Uh, Wags has finally decided to take a nap. 
And it's chilled considerably. He's like, mom is he not the having ghost this of anymore. Brit Murph up He's in like, here. literally, I get it. Now we're talking about a dead lady. Fuck, mom. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, you said eight mile. Oh shit, she's that girl who got. I love that movie. And I love like, that movie. her on the alley in Eight Mile. My God, I'm so sorry, mom. I'm so sorry. Um, did you have fun doing this podcast? So much. I'm. It's did embarrassing. You, know, you didn't know how much like how much of a thing this was before you came. I assumed the most, and I got more than i bargained for we're gonna we're gonna I give this podcast a mother may i sleep with danger seven what i'm gonna tell you though is that what we're gonna do is uh, handcuff you to the fireplace and you Man. have to stay for another three hours after this after. so you if you thought that, that was it you just have to quietly sleep down here for like three hours and then it i'll let you go a stephen king to a richard what's his pen name what <laughs> stephen king has a pen name i think anyway. a pen name Maybe. I was don't know. Was that like a pin code? Like I'm for- a little... Same. Same. It's two different business Okay. Accounts. Well, I love you so much. I love you too. Thank you for fine. coming here. You guys, you were blessed with Winter Mitchell. I don't know if she'll ever come back. She's getting married. God knows if I was getting married right now. Oh, God. Oh, my God. So sorry. Uh, God knows if Those I was getting six married. Bucks. These are beautiful imitations. I would never recommend this to a friend. Like, why would you Somebody ever- put on Instagram, used that as a blotting paper and Instagrammed it. That this- was the most fiercest... At Marcus Molinari, one of my favorite people Marcus, and best friends. Marcus, you fucking slayed. Slayed. But you guys, if you ever, like, don't, don't, don't. I will help you with your wedding. I don't, I can't tell you I can make it any less than $6 per invitation. But I will tell you, I just want you to have a nice life. <laughs> Are you going to have a nice life? I'm going to have a nice life. Okay, then the paper was all worth it. I'm so excited to go see you at your wedding. I'm so excited that you did this podcast. Thank you so much for coming and doing this. Especially, like, this meant so much to me because I've really wanted to do this movie and there's no better person to have done it with than you. What? Why are you laughing, bitch? Because I'm crying? No, I'm, no, you're (laughs) crying not real. No, I just really liked doing this because it felt good to talk about. Something that's near and dear and close. You're near and dear and close to me. I love you. And do it with somebody I love. Bitch, I love you so much. I love you so much. I'm so excited to do this. Uh, Will you stay and have a quick little snacky? Yeah, of course. Okay. We love you. Wags, do you want to say you ruined this episode for a lot of people? Okay. He's hateful. He's rude. He's never learned. He's on his fucking Britney endotopic pregnancy period. shave his head and Sherman Oaks. Do you have endometriosis, Wags? He does. He straight up does. I think I do. So he must have it too as my son. 100%. It's also a full moon. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. I love you Explains guys. Everything. Thank you, Sammy. Thank you. I'm so sorry, everyone. <laughs> Thank you for listening to season three of Mother May I Sleep With podcast. Our show today was made possible by our coordinating producer, Nicole Matthew, as well as our producer, Sammy Junio. Much love to Christina Lopez for all of her help and Elizabeth Brozek for that killer logo. We love it when new listeners find our show. And the best way for that to happen is landing in the Apple podcast charts. You can help us out with that by making sure you're subscribed to the show. And if you want, leave a review. And if you really want to support the show, you can head to our Patreon, patreon.com slash M-M-I-S-W-P for information. 
information on our ranking system, episode details, and social media, head to MotherMayIsleepWithPodcast.com. I'm your host, Molly McAleer. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram under M-O-L-L-S, Malls. And if not there, on my couch, binging Lifetime movies. See you next time. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.